Thank you for listening to this free audiobook created by Project Gutenberg and Microsoft AI. To learn more about the project or give feedback on the quality of a recording, please visit aka.ms/audiobook. Theocritus, translated into English verse. By Theocritus. To me its effect is to divide the verse into couplets, triplets, or if the word may include them all, stanzas of some kind. Without rhyme we have no apparent means of conveying the effect of stanzas. There are of course devices such as repeating a line or part of a line at stated intervals, as is done in tears, idle tears and elsewhere, but clearly none of these would be available to a translator. Where therefore he has to express stanzas, it is easy to see that rhyme may be admissible and even necessary. Pope's couplet may, or may not, stand for elegiacs and the in memoriam stanza for someone of Horace's meters. Where the heroes of Virgil's eclogues sing alternately four lines each, Gray's quatrain seems to suggest itself, and where a similar case occurs in these idols, as for instance in the ninth, I thought it might be met by taking whatever received English stanza was nearest the required length. Pope's couplet again may possibly best convey the pomposity of some idols and the point of others. And there may be diverse considerations of this kind. But speaking generally, where the translator has not to intimate stanzas, where he has on the contrary to intimate that there are none, rhyme seems at first sight an intrusion and a suggestion falsi. No doubt, as has been observed, what pastorals we have are mostly written in what is called the heroic measure. But the reason is, I suppose, not far to seek. Dryden and Pope wrote heroics, not from any sense of their fitness for bucolic poetry, but from a sense of their universal fitness and their followers copied them. But probably no scholar would affirm that any poem, original or translated, by Pope or Dryden or any of their school, really resembles in any degree the bucolic poetry of the Greeks. Mr. Morris, whose poems appear to me to resemble it more almost than anything I have ever seen, of course writes what is technically Pope's meter, and equally of course is not a Pope's school. Whether or no Pope and Dryden intended to resemble the old bucolic poets in style is, to say the least, immaterial. If they did not, there is no reason whatever why any of us who do should adopt their meter. If they did and failed, there is every reason why we should select a different one. Professor Conington has adduced one cogent argument against blank verse, that is, that hardly any of us can write it. But if this is so, if the blank verse which we write is virtually prose in disguise, the addition of rhyme would only make it rhyme prose and we should be as far as ever from first really deserving the name, unless, which I can hardly imagine, the mere incident of terminal consonants can constitute that verse which would not be verse independently. This argument is equally good against attempting verse of any kind. We should still be writing disguised, and had better write undisguised. Prose. Prose translations are of course tenable, and are, I am told, advocated by another very eminent critic. These considerations against them occur to one, that, among the characteristics of his original which the translator is bound to preserve, one is that he wrote metrically, and that the prattle which passes muster, and sounds perhaps rather pretty than otherwise, in meter, would in plain prose be insufferable. Very likely some exceptional sort of prose may be meant, which would dispose of all such difficulties, but this would be harder for an ordinary writer to evolve out of his own brain than to construct any species of verse for which he has at least a model and a precedent. These remarks are made to shew that my meters were not selected, 
as it might appear, at haphazard. Meter is not so unimportant as to justify that. For the rest, I have used Briggs's edition, Poeti Bucolosi Greasy, and have never, that I am aware of, taken refuge in any various reading where I could make any sense at all of the text as given by him. Sometimes I have been content to put down what I felt was a wrong rendering rather than omit, but only in cases where the original was plainly corrupt, and all suggested emendations seemed to me hopelessly wide of the mark. What, for instance, may be the true meaning of Greek balbhostist cochleast in the fourteenth idol I have no idea. It is not very important. And no doubt the sense of the last two lines of the death of Adonis is very unlikely to be what I have made it. But no suggestion that I met was seemed to me satisfactory or even plausible, and in this and a few similar cases I have put down what suited the context. Occasionally also, as in the idol here printed last, the one lately discovered by Burke, which I elucidated by the light of Fritch's conjectures, I have availed myself of an opinion which Professor Conington somewhere expresses, to the effect that, where two interpretations are tenable, it is lawful to accept for the purposes of translation the one you might reject as a commentator. Greek, Tetateus, has I dare say nothing whatever to do with court and fever. On one point, rather a minor one, I have ventured to dissent from Professor Blackie and others, namely, in retaining the Greek, instead of adopting the Roman, nomenclature. Professor Blackie says that there are some men by whom it is esteemed a grave offense to call Jupiter Jupiter, which begs the question, and that Jove is much more musical than Zeus, which begs another. Granting, what might be questioned, that Zeus, Aphrodite, and Eros are as absolutely the same individuals with Jupiter, Venus, and Cupid as Odysseus undoubtedly is with Ulysses, still I cannot see why, in making a version of, say, Theocritus, one should not use by way of preference those names by which he invariably called them, and which are characteristic of him. Why, in turning a Greek author into English, we should begin by turning all the proper names into Latin. Professor Blackie's authoritative statement that there are whole idols in Theocritus which would sound ridiculous in any other language than that of Tam O'Shanter, I accept of course unhesitatingly, and should like to see it acted upon by himself or any competent person. But a translator is bound to interpret all as best he may, and an attempt to write Tam O'Shanter's language by one who was not Tam O'Shanter's countryman would, I fear, result in something more ridiculous still. CSC. For Cometas in Idol V. Red Comatas. Footnotes. A. A. Blackie's Homer, Volume 1, pages 413, 414. B. B. Ibid, page 377, etc. C. C. Professor Kingsley. D. D. Preface to Conington's Aeneid, page 9. E. E. Ibid. F. F. Since writing the above lines I have had the advantage of seeing Mr. Paley's Theocritus, which was not out when I made my version. G. G. Blackie's Homer, Preface, pages 12, 13. H. H. Blackie's Homer, Volume 1, page 384. Contents. Idol I. The Death of Daphnis. Idol I. The Death of Daphnis. Idol 2. The Sorceress. Idol 2. The Sorceress. Idol 3. 
The Serenade. Idol 3. The Serenade. Idol 4. The Herdsman. Idol 4. The Herdsman. Idol V. The Battle of the Bards. Idol V. The Battle of the Bards. Idol 6. The Drawn Battle. Idol 6. The Drawn Battle. Idol 7. Harvest Home. Idol 7. Harvest Home. Idol 8. The Triumph of Daphnis. Idol 8. The Triumph of Daphnis. Idol 9. Pastorals. Idol 9. Pastorals. Idol X. The Two Workmen. Idol X. The Two Workmen. Idol 11. The Giant's Wooing. Idol 11. The Giant's Wooing. Idol 12. The Comrades. Idol 12. The Comrades. Idol 13. Hylas. Idol 13. Hylas. Idol 14. The Love of Eskines. Idol 14. The Love of Eskines. Idol 15. The Festival of Adonis. Idol 15. The Festival of Adonis. Idol 16. The Value of Psalm. Idol 16. The Value of Psalm. Idol 17. The Praise of Ptolemy. Idol 17. The Praise of Ptolemy. Idol 18. The Bridal of Helen. Idol 18. The Bridal of Helen. Idol 19. Love Stealing Honey. Idol 19. Love Stealing Honey. Idol XX. Town and Country. Idol XX. Town and Country. Idol 21. The Fisherman. Idol 21. The Fisherman. Idol 22. The Sons of Leda. Idol 22. The Sons of Leda. Idol 23. Love Avenged. Idol 23. Love Avenged. Idol 24. The Infant Heracles. Idol 24. The Infant Heracles. Idol 25. Heracles the Lion's Slayer. Idol 25. Heracles the Lion's Slayer. Idol 26. The Bacchanals. Idol 26. The Bacchanals. Idol 27. A Countryman's Wooing. Idol 27. A Countryman's Wooing. Idol 28. The Distaff. Idol 28. The Distaff. Idol 29. Loves. Idol 29. Loves. Idol Triple X. The Death of Adonis. Idol Triple X. The Death of Adonis. Idol 31. Loves. Idol 31. Loves. Fragment from the Berenice. Fragment from the Berenice. Epigrams and Epitaphs. Epigrams and Epitaphs. I. I. Two. Two. Three. Three. Four. Four. V. V. Six. Six. Seven dot. For a statue of Aesculapius. Seven dot. For a statue of Aesculapius. Eight dot. Ortho's epitaph. Eight dot. Ortho's epitaph. Nine dot. Epitaph of Cleonicus. Nine dot. Epitaph of Cleonicus. X dot. For a statue of the Muses. X dot. For a statue of the Muses. Eleven dot. Epitaph of Eustines. Eleven dot. Epitaph of Eustines. Twelve dot. For a tripod erected by Damatils to Bacchus. 
12. For a tripod erected by Damatiles to Bacchus. 13. For a statue of Anacreon. 13. For a statue of Anacreon. 14. At the Taff of Eurymedon. 14. At the Taff of Eurymedon. 15. Another. 15. Another. 16. For a statue of the heavenly Aphrodite. 16. For a statue of the heavenly Aphrodite. 17. To Epicharmus. 17. To Epicharmus. 18. Epitaph of Clyda, nurse of Medeus. 18. Epitaph of Clyda, nurse of Medeus. 19. To Archilochus. 19. To Archilochus. XX. Under a statue of Paysander. XX. Under a statue of Paysander. 21. Epitaph of Hipponax. 21. Epitaph of Hipponax. 22. On his own book. 22. On his own book. Idle I. Thursus. Sweet are the whispers of yon pine that makes. Low music o'er the spring, and goat herd, sweet. Thy piping, second thou to pan alone. Is his the horned ram? Then thine the goat. Is his the goat? To thee shall fall the kid. And toothsome is the flesh of unmilked kids. Goat herd. Shepherd, thy lay is as the noise of streams. Falling and falling I from yon tall crag. If for their mead the muses claim the you. Be thine the stall-fed lamb, or if they choose. The lamb, take thou the scarce less valued you. Thursus. Pray by the nymphs, pray, goat herd, seat thee here. Against this hill slope in the tamarisk shade. And pipe me somewhat, while I guard thy goats. Goat herd. I durst not, shepherd, oh I durst not pipe. At noontide. Fearing Pan, who at that hour rests from the toils of hunting. Harsh is he. Wrath at his nostrils I sit sentinel. But Thursus, thou canst sing of Daphnis' woes. High is thy name for woodland minstrelsy. Then rest we in the shadow of the elm, fronting Priapus and the fountain nymphs. There, where the oaks are and the shepherd's seat, sing as thou sangst erewhile, when matched with him. Of Libya Chromis, and I'll give thee first. To milk I thrice a goat, she suckles twins. Yet any earthless can fill two milk pails full. Next, a deep drinking cup, with sweet wax scoured. Two-handled, newly carven, smacking yet. Zero foot the chisel. Ivy reaches up and climbs. About its lip, gilt here and there with sprays. Of woodbine, that in wreath about it flaunts. Her saffron fruitage. Framed therein appears. A damsel, tis a miracle of art. In robe and snood, and suitors at her side. With locks fair flowing, on her right and left. Battle with words, that fail to reach her heart. She laughing, glances now on this, flings now. Her chance regards on that, they, all for love. Wearied and ice-wom, find their labor lost. Carven elsewhere an ancient fisher stands. On the rough rocks, there too the old man with pains. Drags his great casting net, as one that toils. Full stoutly, every fiber of his frame. Seems fishing, so about the greybeard's neck. And might a youngster yet the sinews swell. Hard by that wave beat sire of vineyard bends. Beneath its graceful load of burnished grapes. A boy sits on the rude fence watching them. 
near him two foxes, down the rows of grapes. One ranging steals the ripest, one assails. With wiles the poor lad scrip, to leave him soon. Stranded and supperless. He plates meanwhile. With ears of corn a right fine cricket trap. And fits it on a rush, four vines, for a scrip. Little he cares, enamored of his toy. The cup is hung all round with lissom briar. Triumph of Eolian art, a wondrous sight. It was a ferryman's of Caledon. A goat it cost me, and a great white cheese. Ne'er yet my lips came near it, virgin still. It stands. And welcome to such boon art thou. If for my sake thou elty sing that lay of lays. I just not up, lad, sing, no songs thou elty own. In the dim land where all things are forgot. Thy sis sings. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. The voice of Thyrsus. Edna's Thyrsus I. Where were ye, nymphs, O where, while Daphnis pined? In fair Peneus or in Pindus glens? For great Anipus stream was not your haunt. Nor Edna's cliff, nor Asus sacred rill. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. O'er him the wolves, the jackals howled o'er him. The lion in the oak copse mourned his death. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. The kine and oxen stood around his feet. The heifers and the calves wailed all for him. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. First from the mountain Hermes came, and said, Daphnis, who frets thee? Lad, whom lovest thou so? Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Came herdsmen, shepherds came, and goatherds came. All asked what ailed the lad. Priapus came, and said, Why pine, poor Daphnis? While the maid, Foots it round every pool and every grove. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. O lack love and perverse, in quest of thee. Herdsman in name, but goatherd rightly accalled. With eyes that yearn the goatherd marks his kids. Run riot, for he fain would frisk as they. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. With eyes that yearn dost thou too mark the laugh. Of maidens, for thou mayst not share their glee. Still not the herdsman said, he drained alone. His bitter portion, till the fatal end. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Came Aphrodite smiles on her sweet face. False smiles, for heavy was her heart, and spake. So, Daphnis, thou must try a fall with love. But stalwart love hath won the fall of thee. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Then, ruthless Aphrodite. Daphnis said, Accursed Aphrodite, foe to man! Say'st thou mine hour is come, my son hath set? Dead as alive, shall Daphnis work love well. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Fly to Mount Ida, where the swain men say. And Aphrodite, to Anchises fly. There are oak forests, here but Gallingale. And bees that make a music round the hives. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Adonis owed his bloom to tending flocks, and smiting hares, and bringing wild beasts down. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Face once more diamond, tell him I have slain. The herdsman Daphnis, now I challenge thee. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Farewell, wolf, jackal, mountain prison bear. You'll see no more by grove or glade or glen.
your herdsman Daphnis, Erethus farewell, and the bright streams that pour down Thimbra's side. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. I am that Daphnis, who lead here my kine. Bring here to drink my oxen and my calves. Begin, sweet maids, begin the woodland song. Pan, pan, O weather great Lyceum's crags. Thou haunts today, or mightier Manilus. Come to the Sicilisle. Abandon now. Riam and Hellas, and the mountain cairn. That e'en gods cherish, of Lycon's son. Forget, sweet maids, forget your woodland song. Come, king of song, o'er this my pipe, compact. With wax and honey breathing, arch thy lip. For surely I am torn from life by love. Forget, sweet maids, forget your woodland song. From thicket now and thorn let violets spring. Now let white lilies drape the juniper. And pines grow figs, and nature all go wrong. For Daphnis dies. Let deer pursue the hounds. And mountain owls outsing the nightingale. Forget, sweet maids, forget your woodland song. So spake he, and he never spake again. Fain Aphrodite would have raised his head. But all his thread was spun. So down the stream. When Daphnis closed the waters o'er ahead. Dear to the nine, of nymphs not unbeloved. Now give me goat and cup, that I may milk. The one, and pour the other to the muse. Fare ye well, muses, o'er and o'er farewell. I'll sing strains lovelier yet in days to be. Goatherd. Thyrsus, let honey and the honeycomb. Fill thy sweet mouth, and figs of Aegilus. For Nersicala trilled so sweet a song. Here is the cup mark, friend, how sweet it smells. The hours, thou'lti say, have washed it in their well. Hither, Sisitha. Thou go milk her. Kids, be steady, or your pranks will rouse the ram. Idle too. Where are the bay leaves, the stylus, and the charms? Fetch all, with fiery will the cauldron crown. Let glamour win me back my false lord's heart. Twelve days the wretch hath not come nigh to me. Nor made inquiry if I die or live. Nor clamored, O oh, unkindness, at my door. Sure his swift fancy wanders otherwhere. The slave of Aphrodite and of love. I'll off to Timogeta's wrestling school. At dawn, that I may see him and denounce his doings. But I'll charm him now with charms. So shine out fair, O oh moon, to thee I sing. My soft low song, to thee in Hecate. The dweller in the shades at whose approach. E'en the dogs quake, as on she moves through blood. And darkness, and the barrows of the slain. All hail, dread Hecate, companion me. Unto the end, and work me witcheries. Potent as Circe or Medea wrought. Or pyramid of the golden hair. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. First we ignite the grain. Nay, pile it on. Where are thy wits flown? Timorous the stylus. Shall I be flouted, I, by such as thou? Pile, and still say, this pile is of his bones. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. Delphi's racks me, I burn him in these bays. As flame enkindled they lift up their voice. Blaze once, and not a trace is left behind. So waste his flesh to powder in yon fire. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. E'en as I melt, not uninspired the wax. 
May mine Dian Delphi's melt this hour with love. And swiftly as this brazen wheel whirls round, May Aphrodite whirl him to my door. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. Next burn the husks. Hell's adamantine floor. And aught that else stands firm can Artemis move. Thus Thylus, the hounds bay up and down the town. The goddess stands at the crossroads, sound the gongs. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. Hushed are the voices of the winds and seas. But oh not hushed the voice of my despair. He burns my being up, who left me here. No wife, no maiden, in my misery. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. Thrice I pour out, speak thrice, sweet mistress, thus. What face soar hangs o'er him be forgot. Clean as India Theseus, legends say. Forget his Ariadne's locks of love. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. The colt's foot grows in Arcady, the weed. That drives the mountain colts and swift Mara's wild. Like them may Delphi's rave, so, maniac-wise, race from his burnished brethren home to me. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. He lost this tassel from his robe, which I shred thus, and cast it on the raging flames. Ah, baleful love! Why, like the marsh-born leech, cling to my flesh, and drain my dark veins dry? Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. From a crushed F tomorrow he shall drink. Death. But now, the stylus, take these herbs and smear. That threshold o'er, whereto at heart I cling. Still, still, albeit he thinks scorn of me. And spit, and say, tis Delphi's bones I smear. Turn magic wheel, draw homeward him I love. Exit the stylus. Now, all alone, I'll weep a love once sprung. When born, who robbed my sorrow? And Axel came, her basket in her hand, to Artemis Grove, bound for the festival, troops of forest beasts, stood round, and in the midst a lioness. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love, Thucherida's slave, my Thracian nurse now dead. Then my near neighbor prayed me and implored, to see the pageant, I, the poor doomed thing, went with her, trailing a fine silken train and gathering round me Clearista's robe. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. Now, the mid-highway reached by Lycon's farm. Delphi's and Eudemippus passed me by, with beards as lustrous as the woodbine's gold, and breasts more sheeny than thyself, O Moon. Fresh from the wrestler's glorious toil they came. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. I saw, I raved, smit, weakling, to my heart. My beauty withered, and I cared no more. For all that pomp, and how I gained my home. I know not, some strange fever wasted me. Ten nights and days I lay upon my bed. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. And Juan became my flesh, as tea had been dyed. And all my hair streamed off, and there was left. But bones and skin, whose threshold crossed I not or missed what grandam's hut who dealt in charms. For no light thing was this, and time sped on. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. At last I spake the truth to that my maid. Seek, and thou canst, some cure for my sore pain. Alas, I am all the Mindians. But begone, and watch by Timogetus' wrestling school, 
There doth he haunt, there soothly take his rest. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love? Find him alone, nod softly, say she waits. And bring him. So I spake, she went her way. And brought the lustrous limbed one to my roof. And I, the instant I beheld him step. Lightfoot o'er the threshold of my door. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love? Became all cold like snow, and from my brow. Break the damp dewdrops, utterance I had none. Not e'en such utterance as a babe may make. That babbles to its mother in its dreams. But all my fair frame stiffened into wax. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. He bent his pitiless eyes on me, looked down. And sate him on my couch, and sitting said, Thou hast gained on me, Samitha, e'en as I. Gained once on young Philinus in the race. Bidding me hither ere I came unasked. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. For I had come, by Eros I had come. This night, with comrades twain or maybe more. The fruitage of the wine-god in my robe. And wound about my brow with ribbons red. The silver leaves so dear to Heracles. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. Had ye said enter. Well, for mid my peers. High is my name for goodliness and speed. I had kissed that sweet mouth once and gone my way. But had the door been barred, and I thrust out. With brand and axe would we have stormed ye then. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. Now be my thanks recorded, first to love. Next to thee, maiden, who didst pluck me out. A half-burned helpless creature from the flames and bads me hither. It is love that lights, a fire more fierce than his of Lepera. Bethink thee, Mistress Moon, whence came my love. Scares, mischief mad, the maiden from her bower, the bride from her warm couch. He spake, and I, a willing listener, sat my hand in his, among the cushions, and his cheek touched mine, each hotter than its wont, and we discoursed. In soft low language, Need I pray to thee. Sweet moon, of all we said and all we did, till yesterday he found no fault with me, nor I with him. But lo, today there came Philista's mother, hers who flutes to me, with her melampos, just went up the sky, galloped the maras that chariot rose-limbed dawn, and divers' tales she brought me with the rest. How Delphi's loved, she knew not rightly whom. But this she knew, that of the rich wine, I. He poured to love, and at the last had fled. To line, she deemed, the fair one's hall with flowers. Such was my visitor's tale, and it was true. For thrice, nay four times, daily he would stroll. Hither, leave here full oft his Dorian flask. Now, tis a fortnight since I saw his face. Doth he then treasure something sweet elsewhere? Am I forgot? I'll charm him now with charms. But let him try me more, and by the fates. He'll soon be knocking at the gates of hell. Spells of such power are in this chest of mine. Learned lady from mine host in Palestine. Lady, farewell, turn oceanward thy steeds. As I have purposed, so shall I fulfill. Farewell, thou bright-faced moon. Ye stars, farewell. That wait upon the car of noiseless night. Idle three. I pipe to Amaryllis, while my goats, titterous their guardian, browse along the fell.
O Titerus, as I love thee, feed my goats. And lead them to the spring, and Titerus, where? The lifted crest of yon grey Libyan ram. Ah, winsome Amaryllis! Why no more? Greet'st thou thy darling, from the caverned rock? Peeping all coyly? Think'st thou scorn of him? Hath a near view revealed him satyr-shaped? Of chin and nostril? I shall hang thee soon. See here ten apples, from thy favorite tree. I pluck them, I shall bring ten more anon. I'll witness my heart anguish. O were I, a booming bee, to waft me to thy lair. Threading the fern and ivy in whose depths. Thou nestliest. I have learned what love is now. Fell God, he drank the lioness's milk. In the wild woods his mother cradled him. Whose fire slow burns me, smiting to the bone. O thou whose glance is beauty and whose heart. All marble, O dark eyebrowed maiden mine. Cling to thy goatherd, let him kiss thy lips. For there is sweetness in an empty kiss. Thou wilt not? Piecemeal I will rend the crown. The ivy crown which, dear, I guard for thee. In Waven was scented parsley and with flowers. Oh, I am desperate. What betides me? What? Still art thou deaf? I'll doff my coat of skins. And leap into yon waves, where on the watch. For mackerel Alpus sits, though I scape death. That I have all but died will pleasure thee. That learned I when I murmuring loves she me? The love in absence, crushed, returned no sound. But shrank and shriveled on my smooth young wrist. I learned it of the sieve divining crone, who gleaned behind the reapers yesterday. Thou art he wrapped up all, Agraea said in her. She makes of none account her worshipper. Lo! A white goat, and twins I keep for thee. Mermon's last covets them, dark she is of skin. But yet hers be they, thou but foolest me. She cometh, by the quivering of mine eye. I'll lean against the pine tree here and sing. She may look round, she is not adamant. Sings, Hippomenes, when he a maid would wed. Took apples in his hand, and on he sped. Famed Atlanta's heart was won by this. She marked, and maddening sank in love's abyss. From Othries did the seer Melampus stray. To Pilus with his herd and lo there lay, in a swain's arms a maid of beauty rare. Alphazabia, wise of heart, she bare. Did not Adonis rouse to such excess, of frenzy her whose name is loveliness. He a mere lad whose weathers grazed the hill. That dead he's pillowed on her bosom still, and dim in sleeps the sleep that changeth not. And maiden mine, I envy him his lot, and the Iasians, his it was to gain. Bliss that I dare not breathe in ears profane. My head aches. What wrecks thou? I sing no more. E'en where I fell I'll lie until the wolves. Rend me, may that be honey in thy mouth. Idle for. Badis. Who owns these cattle, Corridan? Philandas? Pry thee say. Corridan? No, Aegon, and he gave them me to tend while he's away. Badis. Dost milk them in the gloaming when none is nigh to see. Corridan. The old man brings the calves to suck, and keeps an eye on me. Badis. And to what region then hath flown the cattle's rightful lord? Corridan. Hast thou not heard? With Milo he vanished Ellisward. Badis. How? Was the wrestler's oil e'er yet so much as seen by him? Corridan.
Men say he rivals Heracles in loosiness of limb. Battis. I'm Polydus's match, or so my mother says, and more. Corridan. So off he started, with a spade, and of these use a score. Battis. This Milo will be teaching wolves how they should raven next. Corridan. And by these bellowings his kind proclaim how sore they're vexed. Battis. Poor kind. They've found their master a sorry knave indeed. Corridan. They're poor enough, I grant you, they have not heart to feed. Battis. Look at that heifer. Sure there's naught save bare bones left of her. Pray, does she browse on dewdrops, as doth the grasshopper? Corridan. Not she, by heaven. She pastures now by Isaris glades. And handfuls fair I pluck her there of young and green grass blades. Now bounds about Latimnus, that gathering place of shades. Battis. That bull again, the red one, my word but he is lean. I wish the Sybarite burgers I may offer to the queen. Of heaven as pitiful a beast, those burgers are so mean. Corridan. Yet to the salt lake's edges I drive him, I can swear. Up Fiscus, up neath his side, he lacks not victual there. With Didony and endive and foxglove for his fare. Battis. Well, well. I pity Aegon. His cattle, go they must. To rack and ruin, all because vainglory was his lust. The pipe that erst he fashioned is doubtless scored with rust? Corridan. Nay, by the nymphs. That pipe he left to me, the selfsame day. He made for Pisa. I am too a minstrel in my way. Well, the flute part in Pyrrhus and in Glauca can I play. I sing two hears to Croton and Zacynthus Otis fair. And eastward to Licinium, the bruiser Milo there. His single self ate eighty loaves. There also did he pull. Down from its mountain dwelling, by one hoof grasped a bull. And gave it Amaryllis, the maiden screamed with fright. As for the owner of the bull, he only laughed outright. Battis. Sweet Amaryllis. Thou alone, though dead, art unforgot. Dearer than thou, whose light is quenched, my very goats are not. Oh, for the all-unkindly fate that's fallen to my lot. Corridan. Cheer up, brave lad. Tomorrow may ease thee of thy pain. I for the living are their hopes, past hoping are the slain. And now Zeus sends us sunshine, and now he sends us rain. Battis. I'm better. Beat those young ones off. E'en now their teeth attack. That olive shoots, the graceless brutes. Back, with your white face, back. Corridan. Back to thy hill, Simetha. Great Pan, how deaf thou art. I shall be with thee presently, and in the end thou alt smart. I warn thee, keep thy distance. Look, up she creeps again. Over my hair crook and nay hand, I'd give it to her then. Battis. For heaven's sake, Corridan, look here. Just now a bramble spike. Ran there into my instep, and oh how deep they strike. Those lancewood shafts. A murn light on that calf, I say. I got it gaping after her. Canst thou discern it, pray? Corridan. Aye, and here I have it, safe in my fingernails. Battis. Eh. At how slight a matter how tall a warrior quails. Corridan. Near range the hill crest, Battis, all sandalous and bare. Because the thistle and the thorn lift I their plumed heads there. Battis. 
Say, Corden, does that old man we would have, tell me please. Still haunt the dark-browed little girl whom once he used to tease? Corridan. I'm my poor boy, that doth he, I saw them yesterday. Down by the byre, and trust me, loving enough were they. Battis. Well done, my veteran light o' love. In deeming thee mere man. I wrong thy sire, some sadder he, or an uncouth limbed pan. Idle thee. Cometas. Goats, from a shepherd who stands here, from Lakin, keep away. Sibertas owns him, and he stole my goatskin yesterday. Lakin. Hi. Lambs. Avoid yon fountain. Have ye not eyes to see? Cometas, him who filched a pipe but two days back from me? Cometas. Sibertas bondsman own a pipe? Whence gotst thou that and how? Tootling through straws with Corridan mayhaps beneath thee now? Lakin. Twas Lycan's gift, your highness. But pray, Cometas, say. What is that skin wherewith thou saidst that Lakin walked away? Why, thy lord's self had ne'er a skin whereon his limbs to lay. Cometas. The skin that Crossless gave me, a dark one streaked with white. The day he slew his she-goat. Why, thou wert ill with spite. Then, my false friend, and thou wouldst end by beggaring me quite. Lakin. Did Lakin, did Calathus' son purloin a goatskin? No. By pan that haunts the sea beach. Lad, if I serve thee so. Crazed may I drop from yon hilltop to Crathus' stream below. Cometas. Nor pipe of thine, good fellow, the ladies of the lake. So be still kind and good to me, did e'er Cometas take. Lakin. Be doffness woes my portion, should that my credence win. Still, if thou list to stake a kid, that surely were no sin. Come on, I'll sing it out with thee, until thou givest in. Cometas. The hog he braved Athene. As for the kid, tis there. You stake a lamb against him, that fat one, if you dare. Lakin. Fox. Were that fair for either? At shearing who'd prefer? Horsehair to wool? Or when the goat stood handy, suffer her. To nurse her firstling, and himself go milk a blatant cur? Cometas. The same who deemed his hornets buzz the true Sakala's note. And braved, like you, his better. And so forsooth you vote. My kid a trifle? Then come on, fellow. I stake the goat. Lakin. Why be so hot? Art thou on fire? First pride thee take thy seat. Neath this wild woodland olive, thy tones will sound more sweet. Here falls a cold rill drop by drop, and green grass blades uprear. Their heads, and fallen leaves are thick, and locusts prattle here. Cometas. Hot I am not, but hurt I am, and sorely, when I think. That thou canst look me in the face, and never bleach nor blink. Me, thine own boyhood's tutor. Go train the she-wolf's brood. Train dogs, that they may rend thee. This, this is gratitude. Lakin. When learn I from thy practice, or thy preaching aught that's right. Thou puppet, thou misshapen lump of ugliness and spite. Cometas. When? When I beat thee, wailing sore, yon goats looked on with glee. And bleated, and were dealt with e'en as I had dealt with thee. Lakin. Well, hunchback, shallow be thy grave as was thy judgment then. But hither, hither. Thou'lt he not dip in herdsman's lore again. Cometas. Nay, here are oaks and gallingale. 
the hum of housing bees, makes the place pleasant, and the birds are piping in the trees. And here are two cold streamlets, here deeper shadows fall. Then yon place owns, and look what cones drop from the pine tree tall. Lakin, come hither, and tread on lamb's wool that is soft as any dream. Still more unsavor than thyself to me thy goatskins seem. Here will I plant a bowl of milk, our lady's grace to win. And one, as huge, beside it, sweet olive oil therein. Cometas, come hither, and trample dainty fern and poppy blossom, sleep. On goatskins that are softer than thy fleeces piled three deep. Here will I plant eight milk pails, great pans regard to gain. Bound them eight cups, full honeycomb shall every cup contain. Lakin. Well, there essay thy woodcraft, thence fight me, never budge. From thine own oak, e'en have thy way. But who shall be our judge? Oh, if Lycopas with his kind should chance this way to trudge. Cometus. Nay, I want no Lycopas. But hail yon woodsman do. Tis Morson, see. His arms are full of bracken, there, by you. Lakin. We'll hail him. Cometus. Ay, you hail him. Lakin. Friend, twill not take thee long. We're striving which is master, we twain, in woodland song. And now, my good friend Morson, ne'er look with favoring eyes. On me, nor yet to yonder lad be fain to judge the prize. Cometus. Nay, by the nymphs, sweet Morson, ne'er for Cometus' sake. Stretch thou a point, nor e'er let him undue advantage take. Sibertus owns yon weathers, Athurian is he. And here, my friend, Ymir's goats of Cybris you may see. Lakin. And who asked thee, thou naughty knave, to whom belong these flocks? Sibertus, or it might be me? Eh, thou art he a chatterbox. Cometus. The simple truth, most worshipful, is all that I allege. I'm not for boasting. But thy wit hath all too keen an edge. Lakin. Come sing, if singing's in thee, and may our friend get back. To town alive. Heaven help us, lad, how thy tongue doth clack. Cometus. Sings. Daphnis the mighty minstrel was less precious to the nine. Than I. I offered yesterday two kids upon their shrine. Lakin. Sings. I. But Apollo fancies me hugely, for him I rear. A lordly ram, and, look you, the carnival is near. Cometus. Twin kids hath every goat I milk save two. My maid, my own. Eyes me and asks at milking time, rogue, art thou all alone? Lakin. Go to. Nigh twenty baskets doth Lakin fill with cheese. Hath time to woo a sweetheart too upon the blossomed lees. Cometus. Clarissa pelts her goat herd with apples should he stray. By with his goats, and pouts her lip in a quaint charming way. Lakin. Me too a darling smooth the face notes as I tend my flocks. How maddeningly o'er that fair neck ripple those shining locks. Cometus. Though dog rose and anemone are fair in their degree. The rose that blooms by garden walls still is the rose for me. Lakin. Though acorns cups are fair, their taste is bitterness, and still. I'll choose, for honey sweet are they, the apples of the hill. Cometus. A cushet I will presently procure and give to her. Who loves me, I know where it sits, up in the juniper. Lakin. Pooh. A soft fleece, to make a coat, 
I'll give the day I shear. My brindled you, no hand but mine shall touch it, to my dear. Cometas. Back, lambs, from that wild olive, and be content to browse. Here on the shoulder of the hill, beneath the myrtle boughs. Lakin. Run, will ye, ball and dog star, down from that oak tree run. And feed where spot is feeding, and catch the morning sun. Cometas. I have a bowl of cypress wood, I have besides a cup. Praxiteles designed them, for her they're treasured up. Lakin. I have a dog who throttles wolves, he loves the sheep, and they love him. I'll give him to my dear, to keep wild beasts at bay. Cometas. Ye locusts that o'erleap my fence, oh let my vines escape. Your clutches, I beseech you, the bloom is on the grape. Lakin. Ye crickets, mark how nettled our friend the goatherd is. I ween, ye cost the reaper's pangs as acute as his. Cometas. Those foxes with their bushy tails, I hate to see them crawl. Round Micken's homestead and purloin his grapes at even fall. Lakin. I hate to see the beetles that come warping on the wind. And climb Philanda's trees, and leave never a fig behind. Cometas. Have you forgot that cudgeling I gave you? At each stroke. You grinned and twisted with a grace, and clung to yonder oak. Lakin. That I forgot, but I have not, how once you mares tied. You to that self-same oak trunk, and tanned your unclean hide. Cometas. There's someone ill, of heartburn. You note it, I presume. Morson? Go quick, and fetch a squill from some old beldam's tomb. Lakin. I think I'm stinging somebody, as Morrison too perceives. Go to the river and dig up a clump of salbred leaves. Cometas. May Himera flow, not water, but milk, and mayst thou blush. Crathus, with wine, and fruitage grow upon every rush. Lakin. For me may Cybrus fountain flow, pure honey, so that you. My fair, may dip your pitcher each morn in honeydew. Cometas. My goats are fed on clover and goat's delight, they tread. On lentisk leaves, or lie them down, ripe strawberries o'er their head. Lakin. My sheep crop honeysuckle bloom, while all around them blows. In clusters rich the jasmine, as brave as any rose. Cometas. I scorn my maid, for when she took my cushet, she did not. Draw with both hands my face to hers and kiss me on the spot. Lakin. I love my love, and hugely, for, when I gave my flute, I was rewarded with a kiss, a loving one to boot. Cometas. Lakin, the nightingale should scarce be challenged by the jay. Nor swan by hoopoo, but poor boy, thou I wert for a fray. Morson. I bid the shepherd hold his peace. Cometas unto you. I, Morson, do adjudge the lamb. You'll first make offering due. Unto the nymphs. Then savory meat you'll send to Morson too. Cometas. By pen I will. Snort, all my herd of he-goats, I shall now. O'er Lakin, shepherd as he is, crow ye shall soon see how. I've won, and I could leap sky high. Ye also dance and skip. My horned ewes, in Cybris found tomorrow all shall dip. Ho! You, sir, with the glossy coat and dangerous crest, you dare. Look at a ewe, till I have slain my lamb, and ill you'll fare. What? Is he at his tricks again? He is, and he will get. 
or my name's not Cometas, a proper pounding yet. Idol 6. Daphnis the herdsman and Damoidas once. Had driven, Aratus, to the selfsame glen. One chin was yellowing, one shoed half a beard. And by a brookside on a summer noon. The pair sat down and sang, but Daphnis led. The song, for Daphnis was the challenger. Daphnis. See! Galatea pelts thy flock with fruit. And calls their master lack love, Polypheme. Thou markst her not, blind, blind, but pipest I. Thy wood notes. See again, she smites thy dog. See ward the fleece flock sentinel peers and barks. And through the clear wave visible to her still. Careers along the gently babbling beach. Look that he leap not on the maid new risen. From her sea bath and rend her dainty limbs. She fools thee, near or far, like this awaifs. In hot sweet summer, flies from thee when wooed. Onward pursues thee, risks all moves to win. For Polypheme, things foul seem fair to love. And then, do prelude maid, Damoetas sang. Damoetas. I marked her pelt my dog, I was not blind. By pan, by this my one my precious eye. That bounds my vision now and evermore. But Telemus the seer, be his the woe. His and his children's, that he promised me. Yet do I too tease her, I pass her by. Pretend to woo another, and she hears. Heaven help me! And is faint with jealousy. And hurrying from the sea wave as if stung. Scans with keen glance my grotto and my flock. Twas I hissed on the dog to bark at her. For when I loved her, he would whine and lay his muzzle in her lap. These things she'll note. Mayhap, and message send on message soon. But I will bar my door until she swear. To make me on this I'll fair bridal bed. And I am less unlovely than men say. I looked into the mirror, the mirror was calm. And goodly seemed my beard, and goodly seemed. My solitary eye, and half revealed. My teeth gleamed whiter than the Parian marl. Thrice for good luck I spat upon my robe. That learned I of the hag Cotitaris, her, who fluted lately with Hippocon's moors. Damoetas then kissed Daphnis lovingly. One gave a pipe and one a goodly flute. Straight to the shepherd's flute and herdsman's pipe. The younglings bounded in the soft green grass. And neither was o'ermatched, but matchless both. Idol 7. Once on a time did Eucritus and I, with us Amintas to the riverside. Steal from the city. For Lycopia's sons. Were that day busy with the harvest home. Antigenes and Frasidimus, Sprum. If aught thou holdest by the good old names. By Clisha from great Calcan, him who erst. Planted one stalwart knee against the rock. And lo, beneath his foot Burinus rill. Break forth, and at its side poplar and elm. Shoot owls of pleasant shadow, greenly roofed. By tufted leaves. Scarce midway were we now. Nor yet descried the tomb of Brasilis. When, thanks be to the muses, there drew near. A wayfarer from Crete, young Lycidas. The horned herd was his care, a glance might tell. So much, for every inch a herdsman he. Slung o'er his shoulder was a ruddy hide. Torn from a he-goat, shaggy, tangle-haired, that reeked of rennet yet, a broad belt clasped. A patched cloak round his breast, and for a staff. A gnarled wild olive bough his right hand bore. 
Soon with a quiet smile he spoke, his eye twinkled, and laughter sat upon his lip. And whither plottest thou thy weary way? Beneath the noontide sun, Samicidas? For now the lizard sleeps upon the wall. The crested lark folds now his wandering wing. Dost speed, a bidden guest, to summer velis board? Or town ward to the treading of the grape? For lo, recoiling from thy hurrying feet, the pavement stones ring out right merrily. Then I, friend Lysid, all men say that none of haymakers or herdsmen is thy match at piping, and my soul is glad thereat. Yet, to speak sooth, I think to rival thee. Now look, this road holds holiday today, for banded brethren solemnize a feast, to richly dight Demeter, thanking her, for her good gifts, since with no grudging hand, hath the boon goddess filled the wheaten floors. So come, the way, the day, is thine as mine. Try we our woodcraft, each may learn from each. I am, as thou, a clarion voice of song. All hail me chief of minstrels. But I am not. Heaven knows, or credulous, no, I scarce can yet. I think, Alviphilides, nor the bard. Of Samus, champion of Sicilian song. They are as cicadas challenged by a frog. I spake to gain mine ends, and laughing light. He said, Accept this club, as thou art he indeed. A born truth-teller, shaped by heaven's own hand. I hate your builders who would rear a house. High as Oramadan's mountain pinnacle. I hate your songbirds too, whose cuckoo cry. Struggles, in vain, to match the Chian bard. But come, we'll sing forthwith, Samikides. Our woodland music, and for my part one. List, comrade, if you like the simple air. I forged among the uplands yesterday. Sings, safe be my true love convoyed o'er the main. To Middeline, though the southern blast. Chase the lithe waves, while westward slant the kids. Or low above the verge Orion stand. If from love's furnace she will rescue me. For Lycidas is parched with hot desire. Let Halcyons lay the sea waves and the winds. North wind and west wind, that in shores far off. Flutters the seaweed. Halcyons, of all birds, whose prey is on the waters, held most dear. By the green nereids, yet let all things smile. On her to Mytilene voyaging, and in fair harbor may she ride at last. I on that day, a chaplet woven of dill, or rose or simple violet on my brow, will draw the wine of Telias from the cask, stretched by the ingle. They shall roast me beans, and elbow deep in thyme and asphodel and quaintly curling parsley shall be piled. My bed of rushes, where in royal ease. I sit and thinking of my darling, drain, with steadfast lip the liquor to the dregs. I'll have a pair of pipers, shepherds both. This from a carney, from Lycope that. And Titterus shall be near me and shall sing. How the swain Daphnis loved the stranger maid. And how he ranged the fells, and how the oaks. Such oaks as Himera's banks are green withal sang dirges o'er him waning fast away, like snow on Athos, or on Hemus High, or Rhodope, or utmost Caucasus. And he shall sing me how the big chest held, all through the maniac malice of his lord. A living goatherd, how the round-faced bees, lured from their meadow by the cedar smell, fed him with daintiest flowers, because the muse 
had made his throat a wellspring of sweet song. Happy Cometas, this sweet lot was thine. Thee the chest prisoned, for thee the honeybees. Toiled, as thou slavedst out the mellowing year. And oh, hadst thou been numbered with the quick. In my day, I had led thy pretty goats. About the hillside, listening to thy voice. While thou hadst lain thee down neath oak or pine. Divine Cometas, warbling pleasantly. He spake and paused, and thereupon spake I. I too, friend Lysid, as I ranged the fells, have learned much lore and pleasant from the nymphs, whose fame mayhap hath reached the throne of Zeus. But this wherewith thou grace thee ranks the first. Thou listen, since the muses like thee well. Sings, on me the young love sneezed, for hapless I. Am fain of myrtle as the goats of spring. But my best friend Aratus in thee pines. For one who loves him not. Aristus saw. A wondrous seer is he, whose lute and lay. Shrined Apollo's self would scarce disdain. How love had scorched Aratus to the bone. O Pan, who hauntest homeless fair champagne. Bring the soft charmer, whosoe it be. Unbid to his sweet arms, so, gracious Pan. May ne'er thy ribs and shoulder blades be lashed. With squills by young Arcadians, when sore. They are scant of supper. But should this my prayer. Miz like thee, then on nettles mayest thou sleep. Dinted and sore all over from their claws. Then mayest thou lodge amid Edonian hills. By Hebrus, in midwinter, there subsist. The bear thy neighbor, and in summer, range. With the far Ethiops neath the Blenian rocks. Where Nile is no more seen. But O ye loves. Whose cheeks are like pink apples, quid your homes. By Hyatus, or Byblis pleasant rill. Or fair Diana's rocky pedestal. And strike that fair one with your arrows, strike. The ill-starred damsel who disdains my friend. And lo, what is she but an overripe pair? The girls all cry her bloom is on the wane. We'll watch, Aratus, at that porch no more. Nor waste you leather, let the morning cock. Crow to wake others up to numb despair. Let Molin, and none else, that ordeal brave. While we make ease our study, and secure. Some which, to charm all evil from our door. I ceased. He smiling sweetly as before. Gave me the staff, the muse's parting gift. And leftward sloped toward Pixa. We the while. Bend us to Phrasidemes, Eucritus and I. And baby faced the Mintas. There we lay. Half buried in a couch of fragrant reed. And fresh cut vine leaves, who's so glad as we. A wealth of elm and poplar shook overhead. Hard by, a sacred spring flowed gurgling on. From the nymph's grot, and in the somber boughs. The sweet cicada chirped laboriously. Hid in the thick thorn bushes far away. The tree frog's note was heard, the crested lark. Sang with the goldfinch, turtles made their moan. And o'er the fountain hung the gilded bee. All of rich summer smacked of autumn all. Pears at our feet, and apples at our side. Rolled in luxuriance, branches on the ground. Sprawled, overweighed with damsons, while we brushed. From the cast's head the crust of four long years. Say, ye who dwell upon Parnassian peaks. Nymphs of Castalia, did old Chiron err. Set before Heracles a cup so brave. In Pholus' cavern, did as nectarous draughts. 
Cause that a Napian shepherd in whose hand Rocks were as pebbles, Polypheme the strong, Featly to foot it o'er the cottage lawns. As ladies ye bid flow that day for us, All by Demeter's shrine at harvest home, Beside whose corn stacks may I oft again Plant my broad fan, while she stands by and smiles, Poppies and corn sheaves on each laden arm, Idle eight. Daphnis, the gentle herdsman, met once, as legend tells, Manalka's making with his flock the circle of the fells. Both chins were gilt with coming beards, both lads could sing and play. Manalka's glanced at Daphnis, and thus was heard to say, Art thou for singing, Daphnis, lord of the lowing kind? I say my songs are better, by what thou wilt, than thine. Then in his turn spake Daphnis, and thus he made reply, O shepherd of the fleecy flock, thou pipest clear and high. But come what will, Manalkas, thou ne'er wilt sing as I. Manalkas, this art thou fain to ascertain, and risk a bet with me? Daphnis, this I full fain would ascertain, and risk a bet with thee. Manalkas, but what, for champions such as we, would seem a fitting prize? Daphnis, I stake a calf, stake thou a lamb, its mother's self and size. Manalkas, a lamb I'll venture never for I at close of day. Father and mother count the flock, and passing strict are they. Daphnis. Then what shall be the victor's fee? What wager wilt thou lay? Manalcus. A pipe discoursing through nine mouths I made, full fair to view. The wax is white thereon, the line of this and that edge true. I'll risk it, risk my father's own is more than I dare do. Daphnis. A pipe discoursing through nine mouths, and fair, hath Daphnis too. The wax is white thereon, the line of this and that edge true. But yesterday I made it, this finger feels the pain. Still, where indeed the rift reed hath cut it clean in twain. But who shall be our umpire? Who listen to our strain? Manalcus. Suppose we hail yon goatherd, him at whose horned herd now. The dog is barking. Yonder dog with white upon his brow. Then out they called, the goatherd marked them, and up came he. Then out they sang, the goatherd their umpire fain would be. To shrill Manalka's lot it fell to start the woodland lay. Then Daphnis took it up. And thus Manalka's led the way. Manalka's. Rivers and valas, a glorious birth. Oh if Manalka's air. Piped out of pleasant music in your ears. Then pasture, nothing loath his lambs, and let young Daphnis fare. No worse, should he stray hither with his steers. Daphnis. Pastures and rills, a bounteous race. If Daphnis sang you air, such songs as ne'er from Nightingale have flowed. Then to his herd your fatness lend, and let Manalcus share. Like boon, should e'er he wend along this road. Manalcus. Tis spring, tis greenness everywhere, with milk the udders team. And all things that are young have life anew. Where my sweet maiden wanders, But parched and withered seem. When she departeth lawn and shepherd too. Daphnis. Fat are the sheep, the goats bear twins, The hives are thronged with. Bees. Rises the oak beyond his natural growth. Where falls my darling's footstep, But hungriness shall seize. When she departeth, herd and herdsmen both. Manalcus. Come, ram, with thy blunt-muzzled kids and sleek wives at thy side. Where winds the brook by woodlands myriad deep. 
There is her haunt. Go, Stumphorn, tell her how Proteus plied. A god, the shepherd's trade, with seals for sheep. Daphnis. I ask not gold, I ask not the broad lands of a king. I ask not to be fleeter than the breeze. But neath this steep to watch my sheep, feeding as one, and fling. Still clasping her, my carol o'er the seas. Manalcas. Storms are the fruit trees bane, the brooks, a summer hot and dry. The stags a woven net, a gin the doves. Mankind's a soft sweet maiden. Others have pined ere I. Zeus. Father! Hadst not thou thy lady loves? Thus far, in alternating strains, the lads their woes rehearse. Then each one gave a closing stave. Thus sang Manalcas first. Manalcas. O spare, good wolf, my weanlings! Their milky mother spare! Harm not the little lad that hath so many in his care. What firefly is thy sleep so deep? It ill befits a hound. Tending a boyish master's flock, to slumber over sound. And weathers of this tender grass take, nothing coy your fill. So, when it comes, the aftermath shall find you feeding still. So, so, graze on, that ye be full, that not an utter fail. Part of the milk shall rear the lambs, and part shall fill my pail. Then Daphnis flung a carol out, as of a nightingale. Daphnis, me from her grot but yesterday a girl of haughty brow, spied as I passed her with my kind, and said, How fair art thou! I vowed that not one bitter word in answer did I say. But looking ever on the ground, went silently my way. The heifer's voice, the heifer's breath, are passing sweet to me. And sweet is sleep by summer brooks upon the breezy lea. As acorns are the green oak's pride, apples the apple boughs. So the cow glorieth in her calf, the cowherd in his cows. Thus the two lads, then spoke the third, sitting his goats among. Goatherd. O Daphnis, lovely is thy voice, thy music sweetly sung. Such song is pleasanter to me than honey on my tongue. Accept this pipe, for thou hast one. And should there be some notes, that thou couldst teach me, as I plod alongside with my goats. I'll give thee for thy schooling this you, that horns hath none. Day after day she'll fill the can, until the milk o' Aaron. Then how the one lad laughed and leaped and clapped his hands for. Glee! A kid that bounds to meet its dam might dance as merrily. And how the other inly burned, struck down by his disgrace. A maid first parting from her home might wear as sad a face. Thenceforth was Daphnis champion of all the countryside. And one, while yet in topmost youth, a naiad for his bride. Idol nine. Shepherd. A song from Daphnis. Open he the lay. He open, and Manalcas follow next. While the calves suck, and with the barren kine. The young bulls graze, or roam knee-deep in leaves. And ne'er play truant. But a song from thee. Daphnis. Anon Manalcas will reply. Daphnis. Sweet is the chorus of the calves and kine. And sweet the herdsman's pipe. But none may vie. With Daphnis. And a rush-strown bed is mine. Near a cool rill, where carpeted I lie. On fair white goatskins. From a hilltop high. The west wind swept me down the herd entire. Cropping the strawberries. Whence it comes that I. No more heed summer. With his breath of fire. 
then lovers heed the words of mother and of sire. Thus Daphnis, and Manalkas answered thus. Manalkas. O Edna, mother mine! A grotto fair. Scooped in the rocks, have I, and there I keep. All that in dreams men picture. Treasured there. Are multitudes of she-goats and of sheep. Swathed in whose wool from top to toe I sleep. The fire that boils my pot, with oak or beech. Is piled, dry beech logs when the snow lies deep. And storm and sunshine, I disdain them each. As toothless sires a nut, when broth is in their reach. I clapped applause, and straight produced my gifts. A staff for doffness, t'was the handiwork. Of nature in my father's acres grown. Yet might a turner find no fault therewith. I gave his mate a goodly spiral shell. We stalked its inmate on the Icarian rocks. And ate him, parted fivefold among five. He blew forth with the trumpet on his shell. Tell, woodland muse, and then farewell, what song? I, the chance-comber, sang before those twain. Shepherd, ne'er let a falsehood scarify my tongue. Crickets with crickets, ants with ants agree. And hawks with hawks, and music sweetly sung. Beyond all else, is grateful unto me. Filled I with music may my dwelling be. Not slumber, not the bursting forth of spring. So charms me, nor the flowers that tempt the bee. As those sweet sisters. He on whom they fling. One gracious glance is proof to Circe's blandishing. Idle X. What now, poor o'erwork drudge, is on thy mind? No more in even swathe thou layest the corn. Thy fellow reapers leave thee far behind. As flocks of you that's footsore from a thorn. By noon and midday what will be thy plight? If now so soon thy sickle fails to bite? Badis. Hewn from hard rocks, untired at set of sun. Milo, didst ne'er regret some absent one? Milo. Not I. What time have workers for regret? Badis. Hath love ne'er kept thee from thy slumbers yet? Milo. Nay, heaven forbid. If once the cat tastes cream. Badis. Milo, these ten days love hath been my dream. Milo. You drain your wine, while vinegar's scarce with me. Badis. Hence since last spring untrimmed my borders be. Milo. And what last flouts thee? Badis. She whom we heard play. Amongst Hippocon's reapers yesterday. Milo. Your sins have found you out. Your eons served right. You'll clasp a corncrake in your arms all night. Badis. You laugh. But headstrong love is blind no less. Then Plutus. Talking big is foolishness. Milo. I talk not big, but lay the corners low, and trill the while some love song easier so. Will seem your toil, you used to sing, I know. Badis. Maids of Pyria, of my slim last sing. One touch of yours ennobles everything. Sings. Fairy Bombica. The do men report. Lean, dusk, a gypsy, I alone nut brown. Violets and penciled hyacinths are swart. Yet first of flowers they're chosen for a crown. As goats pursue the clover, wolves the goat. And cranes the plowman, upon the I dote. Had I but Croesus wealth, we twain should stand. Gold sculptured in love's temple, thou thy lyre. I o'er a rose or apple in thy hand. I in my brave new shoon and dance attire. 
Fairy Bombica, twinkling dice thy feet. Poppies thy lips, thy ways none knows how sweet. Milo, who dreamed what subtle strains our bumpkin wrought? How shone the artist in each measured verse? Fie on the beard that I have grown for naught. Mark, lad, these lines by glorious lightiers. Sings, O rich in fruit and corn blade, be this field. Tilled well, Demeter, and fair fruitage yield. Bind the sheaves, reapers, lest one passing say. A fig for these, they're never worth their pay. Let the moan swathes look northward, ye who mow. Or westward, for the ears grow fattest so. Avoid a noontide nap, ye threshing men. The chaff flies thickest from the corners then. Wake when the lark wakes, when he slumbers close. Your work, ye reapers, and at noontide doze. Boys, the frogs life for me. They need not him. Who fills the flagon, for in drink they swim. Better boil herbs, thou twala after gain. Then, splitting come in, split thy hand in twain. Strains such as these, I trow, befit them well. Who toil and moil when noon is at its height. Thy meager love tale, bumpkin, thou shouldst tell. Thy grandam as she wakes up ere tis light. Idol eleven. Methinks all nature hath no cure for love. Plaster or unguent, nicius, saving one. And this is light and pleasant to a man. Yet hard withal to compass, minstrelsy. As well thou wottest, being thyself a leech. And a prime favorite of those sisters nine. Twas thus our giant lived a life of ease. Old Polyphemus, when the down scarce seen. On lip and chin, he wooed his ocean nymph. No curlipated rose and apple But a fell man-man blind to all but love. Oft from the green grass full board fared his sheep. Unbid, while he upon the windy beach. Singing his Galatea, sat and pined. From dawn to dusk, an ulcer at his heart. Great Aphrodite's shaft had fixed it there. Yet found he that one cure, he sate him down. On the tall cliff, and seaward looked, and sang. White Galatea, why disdain thy love? White as a pressed cheese, delicate as the lamb. Wild as the heifer, soft as summer grapes. If sweet sleep chain me, here thou walk'st at large. If sweet sleep loose me, straightway thou art gone. Scared like a sheep that sees the gray wolf near. I love thee, maiden, when thou camest long since. To pluck the hyacinth blossom on the fell. Thou and my mother, piloted by me. I saw thee see thee still, from that day forth. Forever, but tis not I not to thee. I know, sweet maiden, why thou art so coy. Shaggy and huge, a single eyebrow spans. From ear to ear my forehead, whence one eye. Gleams, and an o'erbroad nostril tops my lip. Yet I, this monster, feed a thousand sheep. That yield me sweetest draughts at milking tide. In summer, autumn, or midwinter still. Fails not my cheese, my milk pale eye o'erflows. Then I can pipe as ne'er did giant yet. Singing our loves, ours, honey, thine and mine. At dead of night, and hinds I rear eleven. Each with her fawn, and bear cubs four for thee. O come to me, thou shalt not rue the day. And let the mad seas beat against the shore. T'were sweet to haunt my cave the livelong night. Laurel, and cypress tall, and ivy dun. And vines of sumptuous fruitage all are there. 
and a cold spring that pine-clad Etna flings. Down from the white snow's midst, a draft for gods. Who would not change for this the ocean waves? But thou mislickst my hair? Well, oaken logs are here, and embers yet aglow with fire. Burn, if thou wilt, my heart out, and mine eye. Mine only I wherein is my delight. Oh, why was I not born a finny thing? To float unto thy side and kiss thy hand. Denied thy lips, and bring thee lilies white. And crimson-petaled poppies dainty bloom. Nay, summer hath his flowers and autumn his. I could not bring all these the selfsame day. Lo, should some mariner hither o'er his road. Sweet, he shall teach me straightway how to swim. That haply I may learn what bliss ye find. In your sea homes. O Galatea, come. Forth from yon waves, and coming forth forget. As I do, sitting here, to get thee home. And feed my flocks and milk them, nothing loath. And pour the rennet in to fix my cheese. The blame's my mother's, she is false to me. Spake thee ne'er yet one sweet word for my sake. Though day by day she sees me pine and pine, I'll feign strange throbbings in my head and feet, to anguish her, as I am anguished now. O Cyclops, Cyclops, where are flown thy wits? Go plate rush baskets, lop the olive boughs, to feed thy lambkins, toward the shrewder part. Chase not the recreant, milk the willing you. The world hath Galatea's fairer yet. Many a fair damsel bids me sport with her. The livelong night, and smiles if I give ear. On land at least I still am somebody. Thus did the giant feed his love on song. And gained more ease than may be bought with gold. Idle twelve. Thou art come, lad, come. Scarce thrice hath dust today. Given place, but lovers in an hour grow gray. As springs more sweet than winter, grapes than thorns. The ewes fleece richer than her latest borns. As young girls' charms the thrice-wed wife's outshine. As fawns are lither than the ungainly kine. Or as the nightingale's clear notes alvi. The mingled music of all birds that fly. So at thy coming passing glad was I. I ran to greet the e'en as pilgrims run. To beaching shadows from the scorching sun. O oh, if on us accorded loves would breathe. And our two names to future years bequeath. These twain, let men say, lived in olden days. This was a yokel, in their country phrase. That was his mate, so talked these simple folk. And lovingly they bore a mutual yoke. The hearts of men were made of sterling gold. When troth met troth, in those brave days of old. O Zeus, O gods who age not nor decay, let e in two hundred ages roll away. But at the last these tidings let me learn. Born o'er the fatal pool whence none return. By every tongue thy constancy is sung. Thine and thy favorites, chiefly by the young. But lo, the future is in heaven's high hand. Meanwhile thy graces all my praise demand. Not false the praise, not idly bubbling froth. For though thy wrath be kindled, e'en thy wrath. Hath no sting in it, doubly I am caressed. And go my way repaid with interest. Oarsman of Megara, Ruled by Nisus erst. Yours be all bliss, because ye honored first. That true child lover, Attic Diacles. Around his gravestone with the first spring breeze. Flock the bairns all, to win the kissing prize. And whoso sweetliest lip to lip applies. Goes crown-clad home to its mother. 
blessed is he, who in such strife is named the referee. To bright-faced Ganymede full oft he'll cry, to lend his lip the potencies that lie, within that stone with which the usurers detect base metal, and which never errs. Idol 13. Not for us only, Nicias, vain the dream. Sprung from what God sower, was Eros born. Not to us only grace doth graceful seem. Frail things who would not of the coming morn. No, for Amphitryon's iron-hearted son, who braved the lion, was the slave of one. A fair-curled creature, Hylas was his name. He taught him, as a father might his child. All songs whereby himself had risen to fame. Nor ever from his side would be beguiled. When noon was high, nor when white steeds convey. Back to heaven's gates the chariot of the day. Nor when the hen's shrill brood becomes aware. Of bedtime, as the mother's flapping wings. Shadow the dust-brown beam. T'was all his care. To shape unto his own imaginings. And to the harness train his favorite youth till he became a man in very truth. Meanwhile, when kingly Jason steered in quest of the gold fleece and chieftains at his side, chosen from all cities, proffering each her best, to rich Ialchos came that warrior tried and joined him unto trim-built Argo's crew. And with Alcmena's son came Hylas too. Through the great gulf shot Argo like a bird. And by and by reached Phasus, near Ordan by those in rushing rocks, that have not stirred. Since then, but bask, twin monsters on the main. But now, when waned the spring, and lambs were fed, in far-off fields, and pleiads gleamed overhead, that cream and flower of knighthood looked to sail. They came, within broad Argo safely stowed, when for three days had blown the southern gale, to Hellespont, and in Propontis Road, at anchor, where Cyanian oxen now, Broaden the furrows with the busy plow. They leapt ashore, and keeping rank prepared. Their evening meal, a grassy meadow spread. Before their eyes, and many a warrior shared. Thanks to its verdurous stores, one lowly bed. And while they cut tall marigolds from their stem. And soared bulrush, Hylas slipped from them. Water the fair lad wont to seek and bring. To Heracles and stalwart Telamon. The comrades I partook each other's fare bearing a brazen pitcher, and anon, where the ground dipped, a fountain he espied, and rushes growing green about its side. There rose the sea-blue swallowwort, and there, the pale-hued maidenhair, with parsley green, and vagrant marsh flowers, and a revel rare. In the pools midst the water-nymphs were seen, to hold those maidens of unslumberous eyes, whom the belated peasant sees and flies and fast did Malice and Unica cling, and young Nichia with her April face, to the lad's hand, as stooping o'er the spring, he dipped his pitcher, for the young Greek's grace, made their soft senses reel, and down he fell, all of a sudden, into that black well, so drops a red star suddenly from sky, to see, and calls some sailor to his mate, up with the tackle, boy, the breeze is high, him the nymphs pillowed, all disconsolate, on their sweet laps, and with soft words beguiled. But Heracles was troubled for the child. Forth went he, Scythian-wise his bow he bore, and the great club that never quits his side. And thrice called Hylas, 
ne'er came loose the aurora. From that deep chest, thrice Hylas heard and tried to answer, but in tones you scarce might hear. The water made them distant though so near, and as a lion, when he hears the bleat of fawns among the mountains far away, a murderous lion, and with hurrying feet, bounds from his lair to his predestined prey. So plunged the strong man in the untrodden brake. Lovers are maniacs, for his darling's sake. He scoured far fields, what hill or oaken glen. Remembers not that pilgrimage of pain? His troth to Jason was forgotten then. Long time the good ship tarried for those twain. With hoisted sails, night came and still they cleared. The hatches, but no Heracles appeared. On he was wandering, reckless where he trod. So mad a passion on his vitals prayed, while Hylas had become a blessed god. But the crew cursed the runaway who had stayed. Sixty good oars, and left him there to reach. A foot bleak faces and the Chalcian beach. Idol 14. Eskines. Hail, Sir Thionicus. Thionicus. Eskines to you. Eskines. I have missed thee. Thionicus. Miss me. Why what ails him now? Eskines. My friend, I am ill at ease. Thionicus. Then this explains. Thy leanness, and thy prodigal mustache. And dried up curls. Thy counterpart I saw. A wan Pythagorean yesterday. He said he came from Athens, shoes he had none. He pined, I'll warrant, for a quartern loaf. Eskines. Sir, you will joke, but I've been outraged sore. And by Sinisca. I shall go stark mad. Ere you suspect, a hare would turn the scale. Thionicus. Such thou wert always, Eskines, my friend. In lazy mood or trenchant, at thy whim. The world must wag. But what's thy grievance now? Eskines. That argive, Apis the Thessalian knight. Myself, and gallant Cleonicus, supped. Within my grounds. Two pullets I had slain. And a prime pig, and broached my Biblian wine. Twas four years old, but fragrant as when new. Truffles were served to us, and the drink was good. Well, we got on, and each must drain a cup. To whom he fancied, only each must name. We named, and took our liquor as ordained. But she sate silent, this before my face. Fancy my feelings. Wilt not speak? Has seen. A wolf? Some wag said. Shrewdly guessed, quoth she, and blushed. Her blushes might have fired a torch. A wolf had charmed her, wolf her neighbor's son. Goodly and tall, and fair in diverse eyes. For his illustrious sake it was she pined. This had been breathed, just idly, in my ear. Shame on my beard I ne'er pursued the hint. Well, when we four were deep amid our cups. The knight must sing the wolf, a local song. Right through for mischief. All at once she wept. Hot tears as girls of six years old might weep. Clinging and clamoring round their mother's lap. And I, you know my humor, friend of mine. Drove at his face one, two. She gathered up. Her robes and vanished straightway through the door. And so I failed to please, false lady mine? Another lies more welcome in thy lap? Go warm that other's heart, he'll say thy tears. Our liquid pearls, and as a swallow flies. Forth in a hurry, 
here or there to find. A mouthful for her brood among the eaves. From her soft sofa passing swift she fled. Through folding doors and hall, with random feet. The stag had gained his heath, you know the rest. Three weeks, a month, nine days and ten to that. Today's the eleventh, and tis just two months. All but two days since she and I were two. Hence is my beard of more than Thracian growth. Now wolf is all to her, wolf enters in. At midnight, I am a cipher in her eyes. The poor Megarian, nowhere in the race. All would go right, if I could once unlove. But now you what, the rat hath tasted tar. And what may cure a swain at his wit's end. I know not Simu's true a mate of mine. Loved Epicalchus' daughter, and took ship. And came home cured. I too will sail the seas. Worse men, it may be better, are afloat. I shall still prove an average man-at-arms. Thionicus. Now may thy love run smoothly, Eskines. But shouldst thou really mean a voyage out? The freeman's best paymaster is Ptolemy. Eskines. What is he else? Thionicus. A gentleman, a man. Of wit and taste, the top of company. Loyal to ladies, one whose eye is keen. For friends, and keener still for enemies. Large in his bounties he, in kingly sort. Denies a boon to none, but Eskines. One should not ask too often. This premised. If thou wilt clasp the military cloak. O'er thy right shoulder, and with legs astride. Await the onward rush of shielded men. Hie thee to Egypt. Age overtakes us all. Our temples first, then on o'er cheek and chin. Slowly and surely, creep the frosts of time. Up and do somewhat, ere thy limbs are sear. Idle fifteen. Gorgo. Praxinoa in? Praxinoa. Yes, Gorgo dear. At last. That you're here now's a marvel. See to a chair. A cushion, you know a. Gorgo. I lack not. Praxinoa. Sit down. Gorgo. Oh, what a thing is spirit. Here I am. Praxinoa, safe at last from all that crowd. And all those chariots, every street a mass. Of boots and uniforms. And the road, my dear. Seemed endless. You live now so far away. Praxinoa. This land's enden. I cannot call it house. My madcap hired to keep us twain apart. And stir up strife. Twas like him, odious pest. Gorgo. Nay call not, dear, your lord, your Danon names. To the babe's face. Look how it stares at you. There, baby dear, she never meant papa. It understands, by our lady. Dear papa. Praxinoa. Well, yesterday, that means what do you like? Papa had rouge and hair powder to buy. He brought back salt. This oaf of six foot one. Gorgo. Just such another as that pickpocket. My Diocleides. He bought t'other day. Six fleeces at seven drams, his last exploit. What were they? Scraps of worn-out peddler's bags. Sheer trash dot, but put your cloak and mantle on. And will to Ptolemy's, the sumptuous king. To see the Adonis. As I hear the queen. Provides us something gorgeous. Praxinoa. I, the grand. Can do things grandly. Gorgo. 
when you've seen yourself. What tales you'll have to tell to those who've not. Twere time we started. Praxinoa. All times holiday. With idlers. You know, pampered minks, the jug. Set it down here, you cats would sleep all day. On cushions, stir yourself, fetch water quick. Water's our first want. How she holds the jug. Now, poor, not cormorant, in that wasteful way. You've drenched my dress, bad luck to you. There enough. I have made such toilet as my fates allowed. Now for the key of the plate chest. Bring it, quick. Gorgo. My dear, that full police becomes you well. What did it stand you in, straight off the loom? Praxinoa. Don't ask me, Gorgo, two good pounds and more. Then I gave all my mind to trimming it. Gorgo. Well, tis a great success. Praxinoa. I think it is. My mantle, Unoa, and my parasol. Arrange me nicely. Babe, you'll bide at home. Horses would bite you. Boo, yes, cry your fill. But we won't have you maimed. Now let's be off. You, Phrygia, take and nurse the tiny thing. Call the dog in. Make fast the outer door. Exit. Gods. What a crowd. How, when shall we get past? This nuisance, these unending ant-like swarms? Yet, Ptolemy, we owe thee thanks for much. Since heaven received thy sire. No miscreant now. Creeps thug-like up, to maul the passerby. What games men played erewhile, men shaped in crime. Birds of a feather, rascals every one. We're done for, Gorgo darling, here they are. The royal horse. Sweet sir, don't trample me. That bay, the savage, reared up straight on end. Fly, you know it, can't you? Doggedly she stands. He'll be his rider's death, how glad I am. My babe's at home. Gorgo. Praxinoa, never mind. See, we're before them now, and they're in line. Praxinoa. There I'm myself. But from a child I feared. Horses and slimy snakes. But haste we on. A surging multitude is close behind. Gorgo, to old lady. From the palace, mother? Old lady? Aye, child. Gorgo. Is it fair? Of access? Old lady? Trying brought the Greeks to Troy. Young ladies, they must try who would succeed. Gorgo. The crone has said her oracle and gone. Women know all, how Adam married Eve. Praxinoa, look what crowds are round the door. Praxinoa. Fearful. Your hand, please, Gorgo. You know a you? Hold you tickets. Hold tight, or you'll be lost. We'll enter in a body. Hold us fast. Oh dear, my muslin dress is torn in two. Gorgo, already. Pray, good gentleman. And happiness be yours. Respect my robe. Stranger. I could not if I would. Nathless I will. Praxinoa. They come in hundreds, and they push like swine. Stranger. Lady, take courage. It is all well now. Praxinoa. And now and ever be it well with thee. Sweet man, for shielding us. An honest soul. And kindly. Oh. They're smothering Yunoa. Push, coward. That's right. All in, the bridegroom said. And locked the door upon himself and bride. 
Gorgo. Praxinoa, look. Note well this broidery first. How exquisitely fine. Too good for earth. Empress Athene, what strange sempstress wrought. Such work? What painter painted realized? Such pictures? Just like lights they stand or move. Facts and not fancies. What a thing is man! How bright, how lifelike on his sylvan couch. Lies with youth's bloom scarce shadowing his cheek. That dear Adonis, lovely Ian in death. A stranger. Bad luck to you, cease your senseless pigeons prate. Their brogue is killing, every word a drawl. Gorgo. Where did he spring from? Is our prattle aught? To you, sir? Order your own slaves about. You're ordering circus and ladies now. Corinthians bred, to tell you one fact more. As was Bellerophon, islanders in speech. For Dorians may talk Doric, I presume? Praxinoa. Persephone. None lords it over me. Save one. No scullions wage for us from you. Gorgo. Hush, dear. The Argive's daughter's going to sing. The Adonis, that accomplished vocalist. Who has no rival in. The sailor's grave. Observe her attitudinizing now. Song. Queen, who loves Galgi and the Sicil Hill. And Ida, Aphrodite radiant-eyed. The stealthy-footed hours from Acheron's rill. Brought once again Adonis to thy side. How changed in twelve short months. They travel slow. Those precious hours, we hail their advent still. For blessings do they bring to all below. O sea-born, thou didst erst, or legend lies. Shed on a woman's soul thy grace benign. And Berenices dust immortalize. O called by many names, at many a shrine. For thy sweet sake doth Berenices child. Herself a second Helen, deck with all. That's fair Adonis. On his right are piled. Ripe apples fallen from the oak tree tall. And silver caskets at his left support. Toy gardens, Syrian scents enshrined in gold. And alabaster, cakes of every sort. That in their ovens the pastry women mold. When with white meal they mix all flowers that bloom. Oil cakes and honey cakes. Their stand portrayed. Each bird, each butterfly, and in the gloom. Of foliage climbing high, and downward wade. By graceful blossoms, do the young loves play. Like nightingales, and perch on every tree. And flit, to try their wings, from spray to spray. Then see the gold, the ebony. Only see. The ivory carven eagles, bearing up. To Zeus the boy who fills his royal cup. Soft as a dream, such tapestry gleams o'erhead. As the Milesian self would gaze on, charmed. But sweet Adonis hath his own sweet bed. Next Aphrodite sleeps the roseate-armed. A bridegroom of eighteen or nineteen years. Kiss the smooth boyish lip, there's no sting there. The bride hath found her own, all bliss be hers. And him at dewy dawn will troop to bear. Down where the breakers hiss against the shore. There, with disheveled dress and unbound hair. Bare-bosomed all, our descant wild wheel pour. Thou haunt'st Adonis, earth and heaven in turn. Alone of heroes. Agamemnon ne'er. Could compass this, nor AIA stout and stern. Not Hector, eldest born of her who bear. Ten sons, not patricals, nor safe returned. 
from I Empiris, such distinction earned. Nor elder yet the Lapathy, the sons of Pelops and Decalion, or the crown of Greece, Pelasgians. Gracious mayst thou be. Adonis, now, pour New Year's blessings down. Right welcome dost thou come, Adonis, dear. Come when thou wilt, thou alti find a welcome here. Gorgo. Tis fine, Praxinoa. How I envy her. Her learning, and still more her luscious voice. We must go home, my husband's supperless. And in that state, the man's just vinegar. Don't cross his path when hungry. So farewell. Adonis, and be housed mid welfare I. Idol 16. What fires the muses, what the minstrels lays. Hers some immortals, ours some heroes praise. Heaven is her theme, as heavenly was her birth. We of earth earthy, sing the sons of earth. Yet who, of all that see the gray morn rise, lifts not his latch and hails with eager eyes. My songs, yet sends them girdenless away? Barefoot and angry homeward journey they. Taunt him who sent them on that idle quest. Then crouch them deep within their empty chest. When wageless they return their dismal bed. And hide on their chill knees once more their patient head. Where are those good old times? Who thanks us who? For our good word? Men list not now to do. Great deeds and worthy of the minstrel's verse. Vassals of gain, their hand is on their purse. Their eyes on lucre, ne'er a rusty nail. They'll give in kindness, this being I their tale. Kin before kith, to prosper is my prayer. Poets we know, are heaven's peculiar care. We've Homer, and what other's worth a thought. I call him chief of bards who costs me not. Yet what if all your chests with gold are lined? Is this enjoying wealth? O oh, fools and blind! Part on your heart's desire, on minstrels spend. Part, and your kindred and your kind befriend. And daily to the gods bid altifiers ascend. Nor be ye churlish hosts, but glad the heart. Of guests with wine, when they must needs depart. And reverence most the priests of sacred song. So, when hell hides you, shall your names live long. Not doomed to wail on Acheron's sunless sands. Like some poor hind, the inward of whose hands. The spade hath gnawed and knotted, born to groan. Per sire's per offspring, hapless penury's own. Their monthly dole erewhile unnumbered thralls. Sought in Antiochus, in Aelua's halls. On to the Scopadia spires an endless line. The calves ran lowing with the horned kine. And marshaled by the good Creandias swains. Myriads of choice sheep basked on Cranran's plains. Yet had their joyance ended on the day, when their sweet spirit dispossessed its clay. To hated Acheron's ample barge resigned. Nameless, their stored-up luxury left behind. With the lorn dead through ages had they lain. Had not a minstrel bade them live again. Had not in woven words the Sian's sire, holding sweet converse with his full-toned lyre, made even their swift steeds for I renowned when from the sacred lists they came home crowned. Forgot were Lish's chiefs, and Hector's hair, of gold, and sickness femininely fair. But that bards bring old battles back to mind. Odysseus, he who roamed amongst mankind, a hundred years and more, reached utmost hell. Alive, and scaped the giant's hideous cell. Had lived and died, Eumaeus and his swine.
Philoetius, busy with his herded kine, and great Laertes' self, had passed away. Were not their names preserved in Homer's lay? Through song alone may man true glory taste. The dead man's riches his survivors waste. But count the waves, with yon gray wind-swept main, borne shoreward, from a red brick wash his stain. In some pool's violet depths, twill task thee yet, to reach the heart on baleful avarice set. To such I say farewell, let theirs be store of wealth, but let them always crave for more. Horses and mules inferior things I find, to the esteem and love of all mankind. But to what mortal's roof may I repair? I and my muse and find a welcome there? I and my muse for minstrels fare but ill. Reft of those maids, who know the mightiest's will. The cycle of the years it flags not yet. In many a chariot many a steed shall sweat. And one, to manhood grown, my lay shall claim. Whose deeds shall rival great Achilles' fame? Who from stout Aeaeus might have won the prize? On Samoy's plain, where Phrygia and Ilus lies. Now, in their sunset home on Libya's hill. Phoenicia's son's unwanted chillness feel. Now, with his targe of willow at his breast. The Syracusan bears his spear in rest. Amongst these hiero arms him for the war. Eager to fight as warriors fought of yore. The plumes float darkling o'er his helmed brow. O Zeus, the sire most glorious, and O thou. Empress Athene, and thou, damsel fair, who with thy mother wast decreed to bear. Rule o'er rich Corinth, o'er that city of pride, beside whose walls Anipus waters glide. May ill winds waft across the southern sea. Of late a legion, now but two or three, Far from our isle are foes, the doom to tell, to wife and child, of those they loved so well. While the old race enjoy once more the lands, spoiled and insulted erst by alien hands, and fair and fruitful may their cornlands be, their flocks and thousands bleat upon the lea. Fat and full-fed, their kind, as home they wind, the lagging traveler of his rest remind, with might and main their fallows let them till. Till comes the seed time, and Sakala's trill, hid from the toilers of the hot midday, in the thick leafage, on the topmost spray, o'er shield and spear their webs let spiders spin, and none so much as named the battled in, then Hiero's lofty deeds may minstrels bear, beyond the Scythian ocean main, and where, within those ample walls, with asphalt made, time-proof, Semiramis her empire swayed. I am but a single voice, but many a bard. Beside me do those heavenly maids regard. May those all love to sing, mid earth's acclaim. Of Sicil Arethus, and Hiero's fame. O graces, royal nurslings, who hold dear. The Minias city, once the Thebans fear. Unbidden I tarry, whither bidden I fare. My muse my comrade, and be ye too there. Sisters divine. Were ye in song forgot? What grace had earth? With you be I my lot. Idol seventeen. With Zeus begin, sweet sisters, and with Zeus. When you would sing the sovereign of the skies. But first among mankind rank Ptolemy. First, last, and midmost, being past compare. Those mighty ones of old, half men, half gods. Wrought deeds that shine in many a subtle strain. I, no unpracticed minstrel, sing but him.
Divinest there's disdain, not minstrelsy. But as a woodman sees green eyed arise, pine above pine, and ponders which to fill. First of those myriads, even so I pause, where to begin the chapter of his praise. Four thousand and ten thousand are the gifts, wherewith high heaven hath graced the kingliest king. Was not he born to compass noblest ends? Lagus' own son, so soon as he matured. Schemes such as ne'er had dawned on meaner minds? Zeus doth esteem him as the blessed gods. In the sire's courts his golden mansion stands, and near him Alexander sits and smiles. The turbaned Persians dread, and fronting both, rises the steadfast adamantine seat, erst fashioned for the bull-slayer Heracles, who there holds revels with his heavenly mates, and sees, with joy exceeding, children rise. On children, for that Zeus exempts from age, and death their frames who sprang from Heracles. And Ptolemy, like Alexander, claims from him, his gallant son their common sire. And when, the banquet o'er, the strong man wends, cloyed with rich nectar, home unto his wife. This kinsman hath in charge his cherished shafts, and bow, and that his gnarled and knotted club and both to white-limbed Hebeus bower of bliss. Convo the bearded warrior and his arms. Then how among wise ladies, blessed the pair. That reared her, peerless Berenice shone. Diana's sacred child, the Cyprian queen. O'er that sweet bosom passed her taper hands. And hence, tis said, no man loved woman e'er. As Ptolemy loved her. She o'er paid. His love, so, nothing doubting, he could leave his substance in his loyal children's care, and rest with her, fond husband with fond wife. She that loves not bears sons, but all unlike. Their father, for her heart was otherwhere. O Aphrodite, matchless e'en in heaven, for beauty thou didst love her, wouldst not let. Thy Berenice crossed the wailful waves, but thy hand snatched her, to the blue lake bound. Else, and the dead's grim ferryman, and enshrined, with thee, to share thy honors. There she sits, to mortals ever kind, and passion soft, inspires, and makes the lover's burden light. The dark-browed argive, linked with Tydeus, bear, Diam the slayer, famed in Caledon, and deep-veiled Thetis unto Peleus gave, the javeliner Achilles, thou wast born, of Berenice, Ptolemy by name, and by descent, a warrior's warrior child, cast from its mother's arms her babe received, its destined nursery on its natal day. T'was their Antigone's daughter in her pangs, cried to the goddess that could bid them cease, who soon was at her side, and lo, her limbs, forget their anguish, and a child was born, fair, its sire's self, cast saw, and shouted loud, handled the babe all tenderly, and spake, Wake, babe, to bliss, prize me, as Phoebus doth. His azure-sphered delos, grace the hill. Of Triops and the Dorian's sister shores. As King Apollo his Renea's isle. So spake the owl. An eagle high overhead. Poised in the clouds screamed thrice, the prophet bird. Of Zeus, and sent by him. For awful kings. All are his care, those chiefliest on whose birth. He smiled. Exceeding glory waits on them. 
Theirs is the sovereignty of land and sea. But if a myriad realms spread far and wide, o'er earth, if myriad nations till the soil, to which heaven's rain gives increase, yet what land? Is green as low-lying Egypt, when the Nile wells forth and piecemeal breaks the sodden gleed? Where are like cities, peopled by like men? Lo, he hath seen three hundred towns arise, three thousand, yet three myriad, and o'er all. He rules, the prince of heroes, Ptolemy, claims half Phoenicia and half Araby, Syria and Libya, and the Ethiop's murk, sways the Pamphylian and Cilician braves, the Lycian and the Carian train to war, and all the isles, for never fleet like his, rode upon ocean, land and sea alike and sounding rivers hail King Ptolemy. Many are his horsemen, many his targeteers, whose burdened breast is bright with clashing steel. Light are all royal treasuries, weighed with his, for wealth from all climes travels day by day. To his rich realm, a hive of prosperous peace. No foeman's tramp scares monster people now, waking to war her far-off villages. No armed robber from his warship leaps to spoil the herds of Egypt. Such a prince sits throned in her broad plains, in whose right arm quivers the spear, the bright-haired Ptolemy. Like a true king, he guards with might and main the wealth his sire's arm won him and his own. Nor strown all idly o'er his sumptuous halls lie piles that seem the work of laboring ants. The holy homes of gods are rich therewith. Theirs are the firstfruits, earnest thy of more and freely mighty kings thereof partake. Freely great cities, freely honored friends. None entered e'er the sacred lists of song, whose lips could breathe sweet music, but he gained. Fair guerdon at the hand of Ptolemy. And Ptolemy do music's votaries him. For his good gifts hath man a fair lot. Then to have earned much fame among mankind? The Atreides name abides, while all the wealth, won from the sack of Priam's stately home, a mist closed o'er it, to be seen no more. Ptolemy, he only, treads a path whose dust burns with the footprints of his ancestors and overlays those footprints with his own. He raised rich shrines to mother and to sire. There reared their forms in ivory and gold, passing in beauty to befriend mankind. Thighs of fat oxen oftentimes he burns on crimsoning altars as the months roll on. I he and his staunch wife no fairer bride, e'er clasped her lord in royal palaces, and her heart's love her brother-husband won. In such blessed union join the immortal pair, whom queenly Rhea bore and heaven obeys. One couched the maiden of the rainbow decks, with murdipped hands for Hera and for Zeus. Now farewell, prince, I rank thee I with gods, and read this lesson to the after days. Mayhap they'll prize it, honor is of Zeus. Idol 18. Wylam in Lacedaemon. Tripped many a maiden fair. To gold-tressed Menelaus' halls. With hyacinths in her hair. Twelve to the painted chamber. The queenliest in the land. The clustered loveliness of Greece. Came dancing hand in hand. For Helen, tenderest daughter. Had just been wooed and won. Helen the darling of the world. By Atreus' younger son. With woven steps they beat the floor, in unison and sang, their bridal hymn of triumph, till all the palace rang, 
Slumberest so soon, sweet bridegroom? Art thou o'er fond of sleep? Or hast thou led him weighted limbs? Or hadst thou drunk too deep? When thou didst fling thee to thy lair? Betimes thou shouldst have sped. If sleep were all thy purpose. Unto thy bachelor's bed. And left her in her mother's arms. To nestle and to play. A girl among her girlish mates. Till deep into the day. For not alone for this night. Nor for the next alone. But through the days and through the years. Thou hast her for thine own. Nay. Heaven, O happy bridegroom. Smiled as thou enteredst in. To Sparta, like thy brother kings. And told thee thou shouldst win. What hero son-in-law of Zeus. Hath e'er aspired to be? Yet lo. One coverlet enfolds. The child of Zeus and thee. Ne'er did a thing so lovely. Rome the Achaean Leah. And who shall match her offspring? If babes are like their mother? For we were playmates once, and ran. And raced with one another. All varnished warrior fashion. Along Eurota's tide. Thrice eighty gentle maidens. Each in her girlhood's pride. Yet none of all seemed faultless. If placed by Helen's side. As peers the nascent morning. Over thy shades, O night. When winter disenchains the land. And spring goes forth in white. So Helen shone above us. All loveliness and light. As climbs aloft some cypress. Garden or glade to grace. As the Thessalian courser lends. A luster to the race. So bright o'er Lacedaemon. Shone Helen's rosebud face. And who into the basket air. The yarn so deftly drew. Or through the mazes of the web. So well the shuttle threw. And severed from the framework. As closely woven a warp. And who could wake with master hand. Such music from the harp. To Broadlem Palace tuning. And Artemis her lay. As Helen, Helen in whose eyes. The loves forever play. O bright, O beautiful for thee. Our matron cares begun. We to green paths and blossom meads. With dawn of morn must run. And cull a breathing chaplet. And still our dream shall be. Helen, of thee, as weanling lambs. Yearn in the pasture for the dams. That nurse their infancy. For thee the lowly lotus bed. We'll spoil and play to crown. To hang upon the shadowy plain. For thee will we drop down. Neath that same shadowy platen. Oil from our silver urn. And carven on the bark shall be. This sentence hallow Helen's tree. In Dorian letters legibly. For all men to discern. Now farewell, bride and bridegroom. Blessed in thy newfound sire. May Leto, mother of the brave. Bring babes at your desire. And holy Cyprus either's breast. With mutual transport fire. And Zeus the son of Kronos. Grant blessings without end. From princely sire to princely son. Forever to descend. Sleep on, and love and longing. Breathe in each other's breast. But fail not when the morn returns. To rouse you from your rest. With dawn shall we be stirring. When, lifting high his fair. And feathered neck, the earliest bird. To clarion to the dawn is heard. O God of brides and bridals. Sing happy, happy pair. Idol 19. Once thievish love the honeyed hives would rob. 
When a bee stung him, soon he felt a throb. Through all his fingertips, and wild with pain, blew on his hands and stamped and jumped in vain. To Aphrodite then he told his woe. How can a thing so tiny hurt one so? She smiled and said, Why thou art he a tiny thing? As is the bee, yet sorely thou canst sting. Idle XX. Once I would kiss Eunice. Back, quoth she, and screamed and stormed. A sorry clown kiss me? Your country compliments, I like not such. No lips but gentles would I deign to touch. Ne'er dream of kissing me, alike I shun. Your face, your language, and your tigerish fun. How winning are your tones, how fine your air. Your beard how silken and how sweet your hair. Pa! You've a sick man's lips, a blackamoor's hand. Your breast's defilement. Leave me, I command. Thrice spatchy on her robe, and muttering low. Scan me, with half-shut eyes from top to toe. Brought all her woman's witcheries into play. Still smiling in a set sarcastic way. Till my blood boiled, my visage crimson grew. With indignation as a rose with dew. And so she left me, inly to repine. That such as she could flout such charms as mine. O shepherds, tell me true. Am I not fair? Am I transformed? For lately I did wear. Grace as a garment, and my cheeks o'er them. Ran the rich growth like ivy round the stem. Like fern my tresses o'er my temples streamed. O'er my dark eyebrows, white my forehead gleamed. My eyes were of Athena's radiant blue. My mouth was milk, its accents honeydew. Then I could sing, my tones were soft indeed. To pipe or flute or flagellate or reed. And me did every maid that roams the fell. Kiss and call fair, not so this city bell. She scorns the herdsman, knows not how divine. Bacchus ranged once the valleys with his kind. How Cyprus, maddened for a herdsman's sake, deigned upon Phrygia's mountains to partake. His cares, and wooed, and wept, Adonis in the break. What was Endymion, sweet Selene's love? A herdsman's lad. Yet came she from above, down to green Latmos, by his side to sleep. And did not Rhea for a herdsman weep? Didst not thou, Zeus, become a wandering bird? To win the love of one who drove a herd? Selene, Sibylle, Cyprus, all loved swains. Eunice, loftier bred, their kiss disdains. Henceforth, by hill or hall, thy love disown. Cyprus, and sleep the live-long night alone. Idol 21. Want quickens wit, wants pupils' needs must work. O Diophantus, for the child of toil, is grudged his very sleep by carking cares. Or if he tastes the blessedness of night, thought for the morrow soon warns slumber off. Two ancient fishers once lay side by side, on piled-up Sirac in their wild hut, its leafy wall their curtain. Near them lay the weapons of their trade, basket and rod, hooks, weed-encumbered nets, and cords and oars and propped on rollers an infirm old boat. Their pillow was a scanty mat eked out, with caps and garments, such the ways and means, such the whole treasury of the fishermen. They knew no luxuries, owned nor door nor dog. Their craft their all, their mistress poverty, their only neighbor ocean, who for I, bound their lorn hut came floating lazily, 
ere the moon's chariot was in mid-career. The fishers girt them for their custone toil, and banished slumber from unwilling eyes, and roused their dreamy intellects with speech. Asphalian, they say that soon flit summer nights away, because all lingering is the summer day. Friend, it is false, for dream on dream have I. Dreamed, and the dawn still reddens not the sky. How? Am I wandering? Or does night pass slow? His comrade. Asphalian, scout not the sweet summer so. Tis not that woeful seasons have gone wrong. But care maims slumber, and the nights seem long. Asphalian. Didst thou e'er study dreams? For visions fair. I saw last night, and fairly thou shouldst share. The wealth I dream of, as the fish I catch. Now, for sheer sense, I reckon few thy match. And, for a vision, he whose mother wit is his sole tutor best interprets it. And now we've time the matter to discuss. For who could labor, lying here, like us, pillowed on leaves and neighbored by the deep, or sleeping amid thorns no easy sleep? In rich men's halls the lamps are burning yet. But fish come alway to the rich man's net. Comrade, to me the vision of the night relate. Speak, and reveal the riddle to thy mate. Asphalian. Last evening, as I plied my watery trade, not on an o'erfull stomach, we had made, betimes a meager meal, as you can vouch. I fell asleep, and lo, I seemed to crouch, among the boulders, and for fish to wait, still dangling, rod in hand, my vagrant bait. A fat fellow caught it, e'en in sleep I'm bound, to dream of fishing, as of crust the hound. Fast clung he to the hooks, his blood outwelled. Bent with his struggling was the rod I held. I tugged and tugged, my efforts made me ache. How, with a line thus slight, this monster take? Then gently, just to warn him he was caught. I twitched him once, then slacked, and then made taut. My line, for now he offered not to ran. A glance soon showed me all my task was done. Twas a gold fish, pure metal every inch that I had captured. I began to flinch. What if this beauty be the sea-king's joy? Or azure Amphitrite's treasured toy? With care I disengaged him, not to rip. With hasty hooked the gilding from his lip. And with a tow-line landed him, and swore. Never to set my foot on ocean more. But with my gold live royally ashore. So I awoke, and comrade lend me now. Thy wits, for I am troubled for my vow. Comrade. Ne'er quake, you're pledged to nothing, for no prize. You gained or gazed on. Dreams are not but lies. Yet may this dream bear fruit, if wide awake. And not in dreams, you'll fish the neighboring lake. Fish that are meat you'll there mayhap behold. Not die of famine, amid dreams of gold. Idol 22. The pair I sing, that Aegis arms Zeus. Gave unto Leda, Castor and the Dread, Of Bruiser's Polydices, Windsor. His harnessed hands were lifted for the fray. Twice and again I sing the manly sons, Of Leda, those twin brethren, Sparta's own, Who shield the soldier on the deadly scarp, The horse wild plunging o'er the crimson field, The ship that, disregarding in her pride, Starset and starrise meets disastrous gales, such gales as pile the billows mountain high. 
e'en at their own wild will, round stem or stern. Dash o'er the hold, the timbers rive and twain. Till mast and tackle dangle in midair. Shivered like toys, and, as the night wears on, the rain of heaven falls fast, and, lashed by wind, an iron hail, broad ocean rings again. Then can they draw from out the nether abyss, both craft and crew, each deeming he must die. Lo, the winds cease, and o'er the burnished deep comes stillness. This way flee the clouds and that, and shine out clear the great bear and the less. And twixt the asses dimly seen, the crib, foretells fair voyage to the mariner. O saviors, O companions of mankind, matchless on horse or harp, and lists or lay. Which of ye twain demands my earliest song? Of both I sing, of Polydus's first. Argo, escape the two inrushing rocks, and snow-clad Pontus with his baleful jaws, came to Bibritia with her heaven-sprung freight. Thereby one ladder disembarked a host of heroes from the decks of Jason's ship on the low beach to leeward of the cliff. They leapt and piled their beds and lit their fires, Castor, meanwhile, the bridle of the steed, and Polydices of the nut-brown face, had wandered from their mates, and wildered both, searched through the boscage of the hill, and found, hard by a slab of rock a bubbling spring, brimful of purest water, in the depths, below, like crystal or like silver gleamed, the pebbles, high above it pine and plain, and poplar rose, and cypress tipped with green with all rich flowers that throng the mead, when wanes. The spring, sweet workshops of the furry bee. There sat and sunned him one of giant bulk, and grisly mean, hard knocks had stav in his ears. Broad were his shoulders, vast his orbed chest. Like a wrought statue rose his iron frame, and nigh the shoulder on each brawny arm. Stood out the muscles, huge as rolling stones, caught by some rain-swollen river and shop and smooth by its wild eddyings, and o'er nape and spine, hung, balanced by the claws, a lion's skin, him Leda's conquering son accosted first. Polydices. Luck to thee, friend unknown. Who owned this shore? Amicus. Luck, quotha, to see men ne'er seen before. Polydices. Fear not, no base or base-born hurt are we. Amicus. Nothing I fear, nor need learn this from thee. Polydices. What art thou? Brutish churl, or o'er proud king? Amicus. E'en what thou seest, and I am not trespassing. Polydices. Visit our land, take gifts from us, and go. Amicus. I seek not from thee and cannot bestow. Polydices. Not e'en such grace as from yon spring to sip? Amicus. Try if parched thirst sits languid on thy lip. Polydices. Can silver move thee? Or if not, what can? Amicus. Stand up and fight me singly, man with man. Polydices. With fists? Or fist and foot I covering eye? Amicus. Fall to with fists, and all thy cunning try. Polydices. This arm, these gauntlets, who shall dare withstand? Amicus. I, and the bruiser, lifts no woman's hand. Polydices. Wilt thou, to crown our strife, some meet assign? Amicus. Thou shalt be called my master, or I thine. Polydices. 
by crimson-crested cocks such games are won. Amicus. Lions or cocks, will play this game or none. He spoke, and clutched a hollow shell, and blew. His clarion. Straightway to the shadowy pine. Clustering they came, as loud it pealed and long. Bibricia's bearded sons, and Castor too. The peerless in the lists, went forth and called. From the Magnesian ship the heroes all. Then either warrior armed with coils of hide. His hands and round his limbs bound ponderous bands. And breathing bloodshed, stepped into the ring. First there was much maneuvering, who should catch. The sunlight on his rear, but thou didst foil. O Polydus's valor by address. And full on Amicus face the hot noon smote. He in hot wrath strode forward, threatening war. Straightway the Tindarids smote him, as he closed. Full on the chin, more furious waxed he still. And earthward bent, dealt blindly random blows. Bibricia shouted loud, the Greeks too cheered. Their champion, fearing less than that scant space. This Titius by sheer weight should bear him down. But shifting yet still there, the son of Zeus. Scored him with swift exchange of left and right. And checked the onrush of the sea-god's child. Parless albeit, till, reeling with his wounds, he stood, and from his lips spat crimson blood. Cheered yet again the princes, when they saw. The lips and jowl all seemed with piteous scars. And the swollen visage and the half-closed eyes. Still the prince teased him, fainting here or there. A thrust, and when he saw him helpless all, let drive beneath his eyelids at his nose, and laid it bare to the bone. The stricken man measured his length supine amid the fern. Keen was the fighting when he rose again. Deadly the blows their sturdy gauntlets dealt. But while Bibricius chieftain sparred round chest, and at most shoulder, the resistless foe, made his whole face one mass of hideous wounds, while the one sweated all his bulk away, and laid a giant seemed a pygmy now. The other's limbs waxed ever as he fought, in semblance and in size. But in what wise? The child of Zeus brought low that man of greed. Tell Muse, for thine is knowledge, I unfold. A secret not mine own, at thy behest. Speak or am dumb, nor speak but as thou wilt. Amicus, a thirst to do some doughty deed. Stooping a slant from Polydus's lunge, locked their left hands, and stepping out upheaved. From his right hip his ponderous other arm, and hit and harmed had been Amicleus king. But ducking low, he smote with one stout fist. The foe's left temple, fast the lifeblood streamed. From the grim rift, and on his shoulder fell. While with his left he reached the mouth, and made. The set teeth tingle, and redoubling eye. His plashing blows made havoc of his face, and crashed into his cheeks till all abroad. He lay, and throwing up his arms disclaimed. The strife, for he was even at death's door. No wrong the vanquished suffered at thy hands. O Polydus's, but he swear an oath. Calling his sire Poseidon from the depths. Ne'er to do violence to a stranger more. Thy tale, O prince, is told. Now sing I thee. Castor the Tindarid, lord of rushing horse, and shaking javelin, corseleted in brass. The sons of Zeus had borne two maids away, Lysippus' daughters, straight in hot pursuit. 
went the two brethren, sons of Apharius. Lincius and Idas bold, their plighted lords. And when the tomb of Apharius was gained, all leapt from out their cars, and front to front, stood, with their ponderous spears and orbed shields. First Lincius shouted loud from neath his helm, Whence, sirs, this lust for strife? Why, sword in hand? Raise ye this coil about your neighbor's wives? To us Lysippus these his daughters gave. Long ere ye saw them, they are ours on oath. Ye, coveting to your shame your neighbor's bed, and kine and asses and whatever is his, suborn the man and stole our wives by bribes. How often spake I thus before your face? Yea, I myself, though scan I am a phrase. Not thus, fair sirs, do honorable men. Seek to woo wives whose troth is given elsewhere. Lo, broad is Sparta, broad the hunting grounds. Of Elis, fleecy Arcady is broad. And Argos and Messini and the towns. To westward, and the long Sisyphian reach. There neath her parents' roof dwells many a maid. Second to none in godliness or wit. What of all these and welcome whom ye will? For all men court the kinship of the brave. And ye are as your sires, and they whose blood runs in your mother's veins, the flower of war. Nay, sirs, but let us bring this thing to pass. Then, taking counsel, choose me brides for you. So I ran on, but o'er the shifting seas. The wind's breath blew my words, that found no grace. With you, for ye defied the charmer's voice. Yet listen to me now if ne'er before. Lo! We are kinsmen by the father's side. But if ye lust for war, if strife must break. Forth among kin, and bloodshed quench our feud. Bold Polydus's then shall hold his hands. And his cousin Idas from the abhorred fray. While I and Castor, the two younger born. Try war's arbitrament, so spare our sires. Sorrow exceeding. In one house one dead. Sufficeth, let the others glad their mates. To the bride chamber passing, not the grave. And o'er yon maids sing jubilee. Well it were. At cost so small to lay so huge a strife. He spoke, his words heaven gave not to the winds. They, the two firstborn, disarrayed and piled. Their arms, while Lincius stepped into the ring. And at his shield's rim shook his stalwart spear. And Castor likewise poised his quivering lance. High waved the plume on either warrior's helm. First each at other thrust with busy spear. Where'er he spied an inch of flesh exposed. But lo! Both spearpunts in their wicker shields. Lodged ere a blow was struck, and snapped in twain. Then they unsheathed their swords, and framed new modes. Of slaughter, pause or respite there was none. Oft cast o'er on broad shield and plumed helm. Lit, and oft keen-eyed Lincius pierced his shield. Or grazed his crest of crimson. But anon, as Lincius aimed his blade at Castor's knee, back with the left sprang Castor and struck off. His fingers, from the maimed limb dropped the sword, and flying straightway for his father's tomb, he made, where gallant Idas sat and saw, the battle of the brethren. But the child of Zeus rushed in, and with his broadsword drave, through flank and navel, sundering with swift stroke. His vitals, Lincius tottered and he fell, and o'er his eyelids rushed the dreamless sleep, nor did their mother see her elder son, 
Come a fair bridegroom to his Cretan home. For Idas wrenched from off the dead man's tomb. A jutting slab, to hurl it at the man. Who had slain his brother. Then did Zeus bring aid. And struck the marble fabric from his grasp. And with red lightning burned his frame to dust. So doth he fight with odds who dares provoke. The Tyndarids, mighty sons of mighty sire. Now farewell, lead his children, prosper I. The songs I sing. What minstrel loves not well. The Tyndarids, and Helen, and the chiefs. That trod Troy down for Menelaus' sake? The bard of Chios wrought your royal deeds. Into his lays, who sang of Priam's state. And fights neath Alien's walls, of sailor Greeks. And of Achilles towering in the strife. Yet take from me whatever of clear sweet song. The muse accords me, even all my store. The god's most precious gift is minstrelsy. Idol 23. A lad deep dipped in passion pined for one. Whose mood was forward as her face was fair. Lovers she loathed, for tenderness she had none. Ne'er knew what love was like, nor how he bare. A bow, and arrows to make young maids smart. Proof to all speech. All access seemed her heart. So he found not his furnace to allay. No quiver of lips, no lighting of kind eyes. Nor rose-flushed cheek, no talk, no lover's play. Was deigned him, but as forest beasts are shy. Of hound and hunter, with this white dealt she. Fierce was her lip, her eyes gleamed ominously. Her tyrant's heart was imaged in her face. That flushed, then altering put on blank disdain. Yet, even then, her anger had its grace, and made her lover fall in love again. At last, unable to endure his flame, to the fell threshold all in tears he came, kissed it, and lifted up his voice and said, O heart of stone, O cursed and cruel maid, unworthy of all love by lion's bread, see, my last offering at thy feet is laid, the halter that shall hang me, so no more. For my sake, lady, need thy heart be sore. Whither thou doomst me, thither must I fare. There is a path, that whoso treads hath ease. Men say, from love, forgetfulness is there. But if I drain that chalice to the lees, I may not quench the love I have for you. Now at your gates I cast my long adieu. Your future I foresee. The rose is gay, and passing sweet the violet of the spring. Yet time despoils them, and they soon decay. The lily droops and dies, that lustrous thing. The solid-seeming snowdrift melts full fast. And maiden's bloom is rare, but may not last. The time shall come, when you shall feel as I. And with seared heart, weep many a bitter tear. But maiden, grant one farewell courtesy. When you come forth, and see me hanging here. E'en at your door, forget not my hard case but pause and weep me for a moment's space, and drop one tear, and cut me down, and spread, o'er me some garment, for a funeral pall, that wrap thy limbs, and kiss me, let the dead, be privileged thus highly, last of all, you need not fear me, not if your disdain, changed into fondness could I live again, and scoop a grave, to hide my loves and me, and thrice at parting say, my friends no more, Add if you list, a faithful friend was he. And write this epitaph scratched upon your door. Stranger, love slew him.
passed not by until thou hast paused and said, his mistress used him ill. This said, he grasped a stone, that ghastly stone. At the mid-threshold neath the wall he laid, and o'er the beam the light cord soon was thrown, and his neck noosed. In air the body swayed, its foot still spurned away. Forth came once more, the maid, and saw him hanging at her door. No struggle of heart it cost her, ne'er a tear. She wept o'er that young life, nor shunned to soil. By contact with the corpse, her woman's gear. But on she went to watch the athlete's toil. Then made for her loved haunt, the riverside. And there she met the god she had defied. For on a marble pedestal arrow stood. Fronting the pool, the statue leaped and smote. And slew that miscreant. All the stream ran blood. And to the top a girl's cry seemed to float. Rejoice, O lovers, since the scorner fell. And maids, be kind, for love deals just as well. Idle 24. Alcmena once had washed and given the breast. To Heracles, a babe of ten months old. And Iphicles his junior by a knight. And cradled both within a brazen shield. A gorgeous trophy, which Amphitryon erst. Had stripped from Terralaw's fallen in fight. She stroked their baby brows, and thus she said, Sleep, children mine, a light luxurious sleep. Brother with brother, sleep, my boys, my life. Blessed in your slumber, in your waking blessed. She spake and rocked the shield, and in his arms. Sleep took them. But at midnight when the bear wheels to his setting in Orion's front, whose shoulder then beams broadest, Hera sent. Mistress of wiles, two huge and hideous things. Snakes with their scales of azure all on end. To the broad portal of the chamber door. All to devour the infant Heracles. They, all their length uncoiled upon the floor. Writhed on to their blood feast, a baleful light. Gleamed in their eyes, rank venom they spat forth. But when with lambent tongues they neared the cot. Alcmena's babes, for Zeus was watching all. Woke and throughout the chamber there was light. Then Iphicles, so soon as he descried, the fell brutes peering o'er the hollow shield, and saw their merciless fangs, cried lustily, and kicked away his coverlet of down, feigned to escape. But Heracles he clung, round them with warlike hands, in iron grasp, prisoning the two, his clutch upon their throat. The deadly snake's laboratory, where he bruised such poisons as e'en heaven abhors. They twined and twisted round the babe that, born, after long travail, ne'er had shed a tear. E'en in his nursery, soon to quit their hold. For powerless seemed their spines. Alcmena heard. While her lord slept, the crying and awoke. Amphitryon, up, chill fears take hold on me. Up, stay not to put sandals on thy feet. Hearst thou our child, our younger, how he cries? Sayest thou yon walls illumed at dead of night? But not by morn's pure beam? I know, I know. Sweet Lord, that some strange thing is happening here. She spake, and he, upleaping at her call, made swiftly for the sword of quaint device, that I hung dangling o'er his seat and couch. And he was reaching at his span new belt. The scabbard, one huge piece of lotus wood, poised on his arm, when suddenly the night spread out her hands, and all was dark again.
Then cried he to his slaves, whose sleep was deep. Quick, slaves of mine, fetch fire from yonder hearth. And force with all your strength the door bolts back. Up, loyal-hearted slaves, the master calls. Forth came at once the slaves with lighted lamps. The house was all astir with hurrying feet. But when they saw the suckling Heracles, with the two brutes grasped firm in his soft hands, they shouted with one voice. But he must show. The reptiles to Amphitryon, held aloft, his hands in childish glee, and laughed and laid. At his sire's feet the monster still in death. Then did Alcmena to her bosom take. The terror blanched and passionate Ificals, cradling the other in a lamb's wool quilt. Her lord once more bethought him of his rest. Now Cox had thrice sung out that night was air. Then went Alcmena forth and told the thing. To Tiresias the seer, whose words were truth, and bade him read her what the end should be. And if the gods bode mischief, hide it not. Pitying from me, man shall not thus avoid the doom that fate upon her distaff spins. Son of yours, thou hast ears to hear. Thus spake the queen, and thus he made reply. Mother of monarchs, Persis child, take heart, and look but on the fairest side of things. For by the precious light that long ago Left tenantless these eyes, I swear that oft. Achaia's maidens, as when Eve is high, They mold the silken yarn upon their lap. Shall tell Alcmena's story, blessed art thou, Of women. Such a man in this thy son, Shall one day scale the star-encumbered heaven. His amplitude of chest bespeaks him lord, Of all the forest beasts and all mankind. Twelve tasks accomplished he must dwell with Zeus his flesh given over to Trachinian fires, and son-in-law beheld of those same gods, who sent yon skulking brutes to slay thy babe. Lo! the day cometh when the fawn shall couch, in the wolf's lair, nor fear the spiky teeth, that would not harm him. But, O lady, keep yon smoldering fire alive, prepare you piles, of fuel, bramble sprays or fern or furs or pear boughs dried with swinging in the wind, and let the kindled wildwood burn those snakes. At midnight, when they look to slay thy babe, and let at dawn some handmaid gather up the ashes of the fire, and diligently convey and cast each remnant o'er the stream, faced by cloven rocks, our boundary, then return, nor look behind, and purify your home. First was sheer sulfur, rain upon it then. Chaplets of olive wound about your heads. Innocuous water, and the custoned salt. Lastly, to Zeus Almighty slay a boar. So shall ye vanquish all your enemies. Spake Tiresias, and wheeling though his years. Weighed on him sorely, gained his ivory car. And Heracles as some young orchard tree. Grew up Amphitryon his reputed sire. Old Linus taught him letters, Phoebus child. A dauntless twaller by the midnight lamp. Each fall whereby the sons of Argos fell. The flingers by crossbuttock, each his man. By feats of wrestling, all that boxers error. Grim in their gauntlets have devised, or they. Who wage mixed warfare and, adepts in art. Upon the foe fall headlong, all such lore. Phocian Harpalicus gave him, Hermes' son. Whom no man might behold while yet far off and wait his armed onset undismayed. A brow so truculent roof so stern a face. 
to launch, and steer in safety round the goal. Chariot and steed, and damage narrow wheel. This the lad learned a fond amphitryon self. Many a fair prize from listed warriors he had won on Argive race grounds, yet the car, whereon he sat came still unshattered home. What gaps were in his harness time had made. Then with couched lance to reach the foe, his targe, covering his rear, and bide the biting sword. Or on the warpath, place his ambuscade, marshal his lines and rally his cavaliers. This knightly castor learned him, erst exiled, from Argos, when her realms with all their wealth, of vineyards fell to Tydeus, who received her and her chariots at Adrastus' hand. Amongst the heroes none was Castor's match, till age had dimmed the glory of his youth. Such tutors this fond mother gave her son. The stripling's bed was at his father's side. One after his own heart, a lion's skin. His dinner roast meat, with a loaf that filled. A Dorian basket, you might soothly say, had satisfied a delver and to close. The day he took, sans fire, a scanty meal. A simple frock went halfway down his leg. Idle twenty-five. To whom thus spake the herdsman of the herd. Pausing a moment from his handiwork. Friend, I will solve thy questions, for I fear. The angry looks of Hermes of the roads. No dweller in the skies is wroth as he. With him who saith the asking traveler nay. The flocks Augeus owns, our gracious lord. One pasture pastures not, nor one fence bounds. They wander, look you, some by Elysus' banks, or God-beloved Alpheus' sacred stream. Some by Buprasian, where the grape abounds. Some here, their folds stand separate. But before. His herds, though they be myriad, yonder glades. That belt the broad lake round lie fresh and fair. Forever for the low-lying meadows take, the dew, and teem with herbage honey sweet, to lend new vigor to the horned kine. Here on thy right there stalls thou canst descry, by the flowing river for all eyes to see. Here, where the platins blossom all the year, and glimmers green the olive that enshrines, rural Apollo, most august of gods. Hard by, fair mansions have been reared for us. His herdsmen, us who guard with might and main, his riches that are more than tongue may tell, casting our seed o'er fallows thrice upturned, or four times by the share, the bounds whereof. Well do the delvers know, whose busy feet troop to his wine vats in fair summertime. Yeah, all these acres wise Augeus owns, these corn-clad uplands and these orchards green, far as yon ledges whence the cataracts leap. Here do we haunt, here toil, as is the wont. Of laborers in the fields, the live long day. But prithee tell me thou, so shalt thou best. Serve thine own interests, wherefore art thou here? Seeking Augeus, or mayhap some slave. That serves him? I can tell thee and I will. All thou wouldst know, for of no churlish blood. Thou earnest, nor wert nurtured as a churl. That read I in thy stateliness of form. The sons of heaven moved thus among mankind. Then answered him the warrior son of Zeus. Yeah, veteran, I would see the Epian king. Augeus, surely for this end I came. If he bides there amongst his citizens, ruling the folk, determining the laws. Look, father, bid some serf to be my guide. 
some honored master worker in the fields, who to shrewd questions shrewdly can reply, Are not we made dependent each on each? To him the good old swain made answer thus, Stranger, some god hath timed thy visit here, and given thee straightway all thy heart's desire. Hither Agius, offspring of the sun, came, with young Phileas splendid in his strength, but yesterday from the city to review, not in one day, his multitudinous wealth. Methinks e'en princes say within themselves, The safeguard of the flocks the master's eye. But haste, we'll seek him, to my own fold eye. We'll pilot thee, there haply find the king. He said and went in front, but pondered much. As he surveyed the lion's skin and the club, itself an armful, whence this stranger came. And Fain had asked, but fear recalled the words. That trembled on his lip, the fear to say. Ought that his fiery friend might take amiss. For who can fathom all his fellow's mind? The dogs perceived their coming yet far off. They scented flesh, they heard the thud of feet. And with wild gallop, baying furiously. Ran at Amphitryon's son, but feebly whined. And fawned upon the old man at his side. Then Heracles, just lifting from the ground. A pebble scared them home, and with hard words. Cursed the whole pack, and having stopped their din, inly rejoiced Nathless to see them guard. So well an absent master's house he spake. Lo, what a friend the royal gods have given. Man in the dog. A trusty servant he. Had he withal an understanding heart. To teach him when to rage and when forbear. What brute could claim like praise? But lacking wit, tis but a passionate random raving thing. He spake, the dogs ran scurrying to their lairs. And now the sun wheeled round his westering car, and led still evening on, from every field. Came thronging the fat flocks to Beald and Byre. Then in their thousands drove on drove the kine. Came into view, as rain clouds onward driven. By stress of gales, the west or mighty north. Come up o'er all the heaven and none may count, and naught may stay them as they sweep through air. Such multitudes the storm's strength drives ahead. Such multitudes climb surging in the rear. So in swift sequence drove succeeded drove, and all the champagne, all the highways swarmed, with tramping oxen, all the sumptuous lees, rang with their lowing. Soon enough the stalls were populous with the laggard-footed kine, Soon did the sheep lie folded in their folds. Then of that legion none stood idle, none. Gaped listless at the herd, with naught to do. But one drew near and milked them, binding clogs. Of wood with leathern thongs around their feet. One brought, all hungering for the milk they loved. The longing young ones to the longing dams. One held the pail, one pressed the dainty cheese. Or drove the bulls home, sundered from the kine. Pacing from stall to stall, Augeus saw what revenue his herdsmen brought him in. With him his son surveyed the royal wealth, and strong of limb and purpose, Heracles. Then, though the heart within him was as steel, framed to withstand all shocks, Amphitryon's son gazed in amazement on those thronging kine. For none had deemed or dreamed that one or ten, whose wealth was more than regal, owned those tribes. Such huge largest the son had given his child. First of mankind for multitude of flocks. 
The son himself gave increase day by day. To his child's herds, whatever diseases spoil. The farmer came not there, his kind increased. In multitude and value year by year. None cast her young, or bare unfruitful males. Three hundred bulls, white pastern crumple-horned. Ranged amid these, and eke two hundred roans. Sires of a race to be, and twelve besides. Herded amongst them, sacred to the sun. Their skin was white as swans down, and they moved. Like kings amid the beasts of laggard foot. Scorning the herd in uttermost disdain. They cropped the green grass in untrodden fields. And went from the dense jungle to the plain. Leapt a wild beast, in quest of vagrant cows. Scenting him first, the twelve went forth to war. Stern was their bellowing, in their eye sat death. Foremost of all for metal and for might. And pride of heart loomed Phaeton, him the swains. Regarded as a star, so bright he shone. Among the herd, the sinusure of eyes. He, soon as he described the sun-dried skin. Of the grim lion, made at Heracles. Whose eye was on him, feigned to make his crest and sturdy brow acquainted with his flanks. Straight the prince grasped him with no tender grasp, by the left horn, and bowed that giant bulk, to earth, neck foremost, then by pressure brought, to bear upon his shoulder, forced him back. The web of muscles that enwraps the nerves stood out from the brute's forearm plain to see, marveled the king, and Phileus his brave son, at the strange prowess of Amphitryon's child. Then townwards, leaving straight that rich champagne. Stout Heracles his comrade, Phileus fared. And soon as they had gained the paven road. Making their way hot-footed o'er a path. Not o'er conspicuous in the dim green wood. That left the farm and threaded through the vines. Outspake unto the child of Zeus most high. Who followed in his steps, Augeus' son. O'er his right shoulder glancing pleasantly. O stranger! as some old familiar tale. I seem to cast thy history in my mind. For there came one to Argos, young and tall, by birth a Greek from Hellas on seas, who told this tale before a multitude, how that an Argive in his presence slew, a fearful lion-beast, the dread and death, of herdsmen, which inhabited a den, or cavern by the grove of Nemean Zeus. He may have come from sacred Argos' self, or Tyrans, or Mycenae, what know I? But thus he told his tale, and said the slayer, Was, if my memory serves me, Persa's son, Methinks no islander had dared that deed. Save thee, the lion's skin that wraps thy ribs, Argues full well some gallant feat of arms. But tell me, warrior, first, that I may know, If my prophetic soul speak truth or not. Art thou the man of whom that stranger Greek? Spoke in my hearing? Have I guessed aright? How slew you single-handed that fell beast? How came it among revered Nemea's glens? For none such monster could the eagerest eye find in all Greece, Greece harbors bear and boar, and deadly wolf, but not this larger game. Twas this that made his listeners marvel then. They deemed he told them travelers' tales to win, by random words applause from standers by. Then Phileas from the mid-road edged away, that both might walk abreast, and he might catch, more at his ease what fell from Heracles, who journeying now alongside thus began, 
On the prior matter, O Augeas child, thine own unaided wit hath ruled aright. But all that monster's history, how it fell, fain would I tell thee who hast ears to hear. Save only whence it came, for none of all. The Argive host could read that writ aright. Some god, we dimly guessed, our niggard vows. Resenting, had upon foreigneous realm. Let loose this very scourge of humankind. On peopled Pisa plunging like a flood. The brute ran riot, notably at cost. Its neighbors of Bambina woes untold. And here Eurystheus bade me try my first. Passage of arms, and slay that fearsome thing. So with my buxom bow and quiver lined. With arrows I set forth, my left hand held. My club, a beeling olive stalwart trunk. And shapely, still environed in its bark. This hand had torn from holiest helicon. The tree entire, with all its fibrous roots. And finding soon the lion's whereabouts. I grasped my bow, and on the bent horn slipped. The string, and laid there on the shaft of death. And now all eyes I watched for that fell thing. In hopes to view him ere he spied out me. But midday came, and nowhere could I see. One footprint of the beast or hear his roar. And trust me, none appeared of whom to ask. Herdsman or laborer in the furrowed Leah. For one dismay kept each man in his hut. Still on I footed, searching through and through. The leafy mountain passes, till I saw. The creature and forthwith essayed my strength. Gorged from some gory carcass, on he stalked. At eve towards his lair, his grizzled mane, shoulders, and grim glad visage, all a-drip, with carnage, and he licked his bearded lips. I, crouched among the shadows of the trees, on the green hilltop waited his approach, and as he came I aimed at his left flank. The barbed shaft sped idly, nor could pierce. The flesh, but glancing dropped on the green grass. He, wondering, raised forth with his tawny head, and ran his eyes o'er all the visnage, and snarled and gave to view his cavernous throat. Meanwhile I leveled yet another shaft. Though pleased to think my first had fled in vain, in the mid-chest I smote him, where the lungs are seated, still the arrow sank not in, but fell, its errand frustrate, at his feet. Once more was I preparing, sore chagrined, to draw the bowstring, when the ravenous beast, glaring around espied me, lashed his sides, with his huge tail, and opened war at once, swelled his vast neck, his dun locks stood on end, with rage, his spine moved sinuous as a bow, till all his weight hung poised on flank and loin, and e'en as, when a chariot builder bends, with practice skill his shafts of splintered fig. Hot from the fire, to be his axle wheels. Flies the tough rind sapling from the hands. That shape it, at a bound recoiling far. So from far off the dread beast, all of a heap. Sprang on me, hungering for my lifeblood. I thrust with one hand my arrows in his face. And my doff doublet, while the other raised. My seasoned cudgel o'er his crest and drave, full at his temples, breaking clean in twain, on the forefoot warrior's airy scalp, my club, and ere he reached me, down he fell, headlong he fell, and poised on tremulous feet, stood, his head wagging, and his eyes grown dim, for the shrewd stroke had shattered brain and bone, 
I marking him beside himself with pain, fell, ere recovering he should breathe again. Advantage on his solid sinewy neck, my bow and woven quiver thrown aside. With iron clasp I gripped him from the rear. His talons else had torn me, and my foot, set on him, forced to earth by dint of heel. His hinder parts, my flanks entrenched the while, behind his forearm, till his thews were stretched, and strained, and on his haunches stark he stood, and lifeless, hell received his monstrous ghost. Then with myself I counseled how to strip, from off the dead beast's limbs his shaggy hide. A task full onerous, since I found it proof. Against all blows of steel or stone or wood, some god at last inspired me with the thought. With his own claws to rend the lion's skin. With these I flayed him soon, and sheathed and armed. My limbs against the shocks of murderous war. Thus, sir, the Nemean lion met his end. Erewhile the constant curse of beast and man. Idol 26. Agave of the vermil-tinted cheek. And Eno and Autonoa marshaled erst. Three bands of revelers under one hill peak. They plucked the wild oak's matted foliage first. Lush ivy then, and creeping asphodel. And reared there with twelve shrines amid the untrodden fell. To Semele three, to Dionysus nine. Next from a vase drew offerings subtly wrought. And prayed and placed them on each fresh green shrine. So by the god, who loved such tribute taught. Perched on the sheer cliff, Pentheus could espy. All in a mastic whore ensconced that grew thereby. Autonoa marked him, and with frightful cries, flew to make havoc of those mysteries weird. That must not be profaned by vulgar eyes. Her frenzy frenzied all. Then Pentheus feared, and fled, and in his wake those damsels three, each with her trailing robe upgathered to the knee. What will ye, dames? quoth Pentheus. Thou shalt guess. At what we mean, untold, Adonoa said. Agave moaned, so moans a lioness, over her young one, as she clutched his head, while Eno on the carcass fairly laid, her heel, and wrenched away shoulder and shoulder blade. Adonoa's turn came next, and what remained, of flesh their damsels did among them share. And back to Thebes they came all carnage stained, and planted not a king but aching there. Warned by this tale, let no man dare defy. Great Bacchus, lest the death more awful he should die. And when he counts nine years or scarcely ten, rush to his ruin. May I pass my days uprightly, and be loved of upright men. And take this motto, all who covet praise. Twas Aegis-bearing Zeus that spake it first. The godly seed fares well, the wicked's is accursed. Now bless ye Bacchus whom on mountain snows, prisoned in his thigh till then, the Almighty laid. And bless ye fair-faced Semele, and those, her sisters, hymned of many a hero maid, who wrought by Bacchus fired a deed which none may gainsay, who shall blame that which a god hath done? Idol 27. The Maiden. How fell sage Helen, through a swain like thee? Daphnis. Nay the true Helen's just now kissing me. The maiden. Sadder ne'er boasts, what's idler than a kiss? Daphnis. Yet in such pleasant idling there is bliss. The maiden. I'll wash my mouth, where go thy kisses then? Daphnis. 
wash, and return it, to be kissed again. The maiden. Go kiss your oxen, and not unwed maids. Daphnis. Ne'er boast, for beauty is a dream that fades. The maiden. Past grapes are grapes, dead roses keep their smell. Daphnis. Come to yon olives, I have a tale to tell. The maiden. Not I, you've fooled me with smooth words before. Daphnis. Come to yon elms, and hear me pipe once more. The maiden. Pipe to yourself, your piping makes me cry. Daphnis. A maid, and flout the Paphian? Fie, oh fie. The maiden. She's not to me, if Artemis' favor last. Daphnis. Hush, ere she smite you and entrap you fast. The maiden. And let her smite me, trap me as she will. Daphnis. Your Artemis shall be your savior still? The maiden. Unhand me. What, again? I'll tear your lip. Daphnis. Can you, could damsel e'er, give love the slip? The maiden. You are his bond slave, but not I by pan. Daphnis. I doubt he'll give thee to a worser man. The maiden. Many have wooed me, but I fancy none. Daphnis. Till among many came the destined one. The maiden. Wedlock is well. Dear lad, what can I do? Daphnis. Woe it is not, but joy and dancing too. The maiden. Wives dread their husbands, so I've heard it said. Daphnis. Nay, they rule o'er them. What does woman dread? The maiden. Then children, Ilethea's dart is keen. Daphnis. But the deliverer, Artemis, is your queen. The maiden. And bearing children all our grace destroys. Daphnis. Bear them and shine more lustrous in your boys. The maiden. Should I say yeah, what dower awaits me then? Daphnis. Thine are my cattle, thine this glade and glen. The maiden. Swear not to wed, then leave me in my woe. Daphnis. Not I buy pan, though thou shouldst bid me go. The maiden. And shall a cot be mine, with farm and fold. Daphnis. Thy cot's half-built, fair weathers range this wold. The maiden. What, what to my old father must I say? Daphnis. Soon as he hears my name he'll not say nay. The maiden. Speak it, by e'en a name we're oft beguiled. Daphnis. I'm Daphnis, Lysids and know me as child. The maiden. Well-born indeed, and not less so am I. Daphnis. I know, Manalka's daughter may look high. The maiden. That grove, where stands your sheepfold, shoe me please. Daphnis. Nay look, how green, how tall my cypress trees. The maiden. Graze, goats, I go to learn the herdsman's trade. Daphnis. Feed, bulls, I shoe my copses to my maid. The maiden. Satyr, what mean you? You presume Ormic. Daphnis. This waist is round, and pleasant to the touch. The maiden. By pan, I'm like to swoon. Unhand me pray. Daphnis. Why be so timorous? Pretty coward, stay. The maiden. This bank is wet, you've soiled my pretty gown. Daphnis. See. A soft fleece to guard it I put down. The maiden. And you've purloined my sash. What can this mean? Daphnis. This sash I'll offer to the Paphian queen. The maiden. Stay, miscreant, someone comes, 
I heard a noise. Daphnis. Tis but the green trees whispering of our joys. The maiden. You've torn my platy, and I am half unclad. Daphnis. Anon I'll give thee a yet ampler plaid. The maiden. Generous just now, you'll one day grudge me bread. Daphnis. Ah. For thy sake my lifeblood I could shed. The maiden. Artemis, forgive. Thy Eremite breaks her vow. Daphnis. Love and love's mother claim a calf and cow. The maiden. A woman I'd depart my girlhood o'er. Daphnis. Be wife, be mother, but a girl no more. Thus interchanging whispered talk the pair. Their faces all aglow, long lingered there. At length the hour arrived when they must part. With downcast eyes, but sunshine in her heart. She went to tend her flock, while Daphnis ran. Back to his herded bulls, a happy man. Idol 28. Distaff, blithely whirling distaff, azure-eyed Athena's gift. To the sex the aim and object of whose lives is household thrift. Seek with me the gorgeous city raised by Nihilus, where a plain. Roof of pale green rush o'er arches Aphrodite's hallowed fane. Thither ask I Zeus to waft me, fain to see my old friend's face. Nicias, o'er whose birth presided every passion-breathing grace. Fain to meet his answering welcome, and anon deposit thee. In his lady's hands thou marvel of laborious ivory. Many a manly robe ye'll fashion, much translucent maiden's gear. Nay, should e'er the fleecy mothers twice within the selfsame year. Yield their wool in yonder pasture, thygenes of the dainty feet. Would perform the double labor, matron's cares to her are sweet. To an idler or a trifler I had verily been loath. To resign thee, O my distaff, for the same land bred us both. In the land Corinthian Archias built aforetime, thou hadst birth. In our island's core and marrow, whence have sprung the kings of earth. To the home I now transfer thee of a man who knows full well. Every craft whereby men's bodies dire diseases may repel. There to live in sweet Miletus. Lady of the distaff she. Shall be named, and oft reminded of her poet friend by thee. Men shall look on thee and murmur to each other, Lo! How small! Was the gift, and yet how precious! Friendship's gifts are priceless all. Idol 29. Sincerity comes with the wine cup, my dear. Then now o'er our wine cups let us be sincere. My soul's treasured secret to you I'll impart. It is this, that I never won fairly your heart. One half of my life, I am conscious, has flown. The residue lives on your image alone. You are kind, and I dream I'm in paradise then. You are angry, and lo, all is darkness again. It is right to torment one who loves you. Obey. Your elder, twere best, and you'll thank me one day. Settle down in one nest on one tree, taking care. That no cruel reptile can clamber up there. As it is with your lovers you're fairly perplexed. One day you choose one bow, another the next. Who at all struck by your graces appears. Is more to you straight than the comrade of yours. While he's like the friend of a day put aside. For the breath of your nostrils, I think, is your pride. Form a friendship for life with some likely young lad. So doing, in honor your name shall be had. Nor would love use you hardly, though lightly can he. Bind strong men in chains, and has wrought upon me. 
till the steel is as wax, but I'm longing to press that exquisite mouth with a clinging caress. No, reflect that you're older each year than the last, that we all must grow gray, and the wrinkles come fast. Reflect, ere you spurn me, that youth at his sides wears wings, and once gone, all pursuit he derides. Nor are men over keen to catch charms as they fly. Think of this and be gentle, be loving as I. When your years are mature, we too shall be then. The pair and the Iliad over again. But if you consign all my words to the wind. And say, why annoy me? You're not to my mind. I, who lately in quest of the gold fruit had sped. For your sake, or of Cerberus guard of the dead. Though you called me, would ne'er stir a foot from my door. For my love and my sorrow thenceforth will be o'er. Idle triple X. Cythera saw Adonis. And knew that he was dead. She marked the brow, all grisly now. The cheek no longer red. And, bring the boar before me. Unto her love she said. Forth with her winged attendants. Ranged all the woodland o'er. And found and bound in fetters. Threefold the grisly boar. One dragged him at a rope's end. E'en as a vanquished foe. One went behind and drave him. And smote him with his bow. On pace the creature feebly. He feared Cythera so. To him said Aphrodite. So worst of beasts twas you. Who rent that thigh asunder? Who him that loved me slew? And thus the beast made answer. Cythera, hear me swear. By thee, by him that loved thee. And by these bonds I wear. And them before whose hounds I ran. I meant no mischief to the man. Who seemed to thee so fair. As on a carven statue. Men gaze, I gazed on him. I seemed on fire with mad desire. To kiss that offered limb. My ruin, Aphrodite. Thus followed from my whim. Now therefore take and punish. And fairly cut away. These all unruly tusks of mine. For to what end serve they? And if thine indignation. Be not content with this. Cut off the mouth that ventured. To offer him a kiss. But Aphrodite pitted. And bade them loose his chain. The boar from that day forward. Still followed in her train. Nor ever to the wildwood. Attempted to return. But in the focus of desire. Preferred to burn and burn. Idol 31. Ah, for this the most accursed, unendurable of ills. Nigh two months a fevered fancy for a maid my bosom fills. Fair she is, as other damsels, but for what the simplest swain. Claims from the demurest maiden, I must sue and sue in vain. Yet doth now this thing of evil my long-suffering heart beguile. Though the utmost she vouchsafes me is the shadow of a smile. And I soon shall know no respite, have no solace in in sleep. Yesterday I watched her pass me, and from down-dropped eyelids peep. At the face she dared not gaze on, every moment blushing more. And my love took hold upon me as it never took before. Home I went a wounded creature, with a gnawing at my heart. And unto the soul within me did my bitterness impart. Soul, why deal with me in this wise? Shall thy folly know no bound? Canst thou look upon these temples, with their locks of silver crowned? And still deem thee young and shapely? Nay, my soul, let us be sage. Act as they that have already sipped the wisdom cup of age. 
Men have loved and have forgotten. Happiest of all is he. To the lover's woes a stranger, from the lover's fetters free. Lightly his existence passes, as a wild deer fleeting fast. Tamed it may be, he shall voyage in a maiden's wake at last. Still today tis his to revel with his mates in boyhood's flowers. As to thee, thy brain and marrow passion evermore devours. Pray to memories that haunt the e'en in visions of the night. And a year shall scarcely pluck thee from thy miserable plight. Such and divers such reproaches did I heap upon my soul. And my soul in turn made answer. Whoso deems he can control. Wily love, the same shall lightly gaze upon the stars of heaven. And declare by what their number overpasses seven times seven. Will I, nil I, I may never from my neck his yoke unloose. So, my friend, a god hath willed it, he whose plots could outweet Zeus, and the queen whose home is Cyprus. I, a leaflet of today, I whose breath is in my nostrils, am I wrong to own his sway? Fragment Pramda. Berenice. You that would fain net fish and wealth withal. Forbear existence harrowing yonder mere. To this our lady slay at evenfall. That holy fish, which, since it hath no peer. For Gloss and Sheen, the dwellers about here, have named the silver fish. This done, let down your nets, and draw them up, and never fear. To find them empty asterisk 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 asterisk. Epigrams and epitaphs. Aye. Yours beyond dew-steeped roses, yours beyond. Thick clustering ivy, maids of helican. Thine, Pithinpian, that dark-foliaged bay. With such thy delphin crags thy front array. This horned and shaggy ram shall stain thy shrine. Who crops ye in now the feathering turpentine? 2. To pen doth white-limbed Daphnis offer here. He once piped sweetly on his herdsman's flute. His reeds of many a stop, his barbed spear. And scrip, wherein he held his hordes of fruit. 3. Daphnis, thou slumberest on the leaf-strown Leah. Thy frame at rest, thy springes newly spread. O'er the fell side. But two are hunting thee. Pan, and Priapus with his fair young head. Hung with wan ivy. See. They come, they leap. Into thy lair. Fly, fly, shake off the coil of sleep. Four. For yon oaken avenue swaying, you must steer. Where a statue of figwood, you'll see, has been set. It has never been barked has three legs and no ear. But I think there is life in the patriarch yet. He is handsomely shrined within fair chapel walls. Where, fringed with sweet cypress and myrtle and bay, a stream ever fresh from the rock's hollow falls, and the ringlet vine her ripe store doth display, and the blackbirds, those show-piping songsters of spring, wake the echoes with wild inarticulate song, and the notes of the nightingale plaintively ring as she pours from her dun throat her lay sweet and strong. Sitting there, to Priapus, the gracious one, pray, that the lore he has taught me I soon may unlearn. Say I'll give him a kid, and in case he says nay, to this offer three victims to him will I burn. A kid, a fleece ram, and a lamb sleek and fat. He will listen, mayhap, to my prayers upon that. Thee, pry thee, sing something sweet to me, you that can play. First and second at once. Then I too will essay. To croak on the pipes. And yon lad shall salute. 
our ears with a melody breathed through his flute. In the cave by the green oak our watch we will keep, and goatish old Pan will defraud of his sleep. 6. Poor Thursis. What boots it to weep out thine eyes? Thy kid was a fair one, I own. But the wolf with his cruel claw made her his prize, and to darkness her spirit hath flown. Do the dogs cry? What boots it? In spite of their cries, there is left of her never a bone. 7. Far as Miletus traveled Pian's son, there to be guest of Nicias, guest of one, who heals all sickness, and who still reveres. Him, for his sake this cedarn image rears. The sculptor's hand right well did Nicias fill, and here the sculptor lavished all his skill. 8. Friend, Ortho of Syracuse gives thee this charge. Never venture out, drunk, on a wild winter's night. I did so and died. My possessions were large. Yet the turf that I'm clad with is strange to me quite. 9. Man, husband existence, ne'er launch on the sea. Out of season, our tenure of life is but frail. Think of poor Cleonicus, four faces sailed he. From the valleys of Syria, with many a bale. With many a bale, ocean's tides he would stem. When the Pleiades were sinking, and he sank with them. X. To you this marble statue, maids divine. Xenicles raised, one tribute unto nine. Your votary all admit him, by this skill. He gat him fame, and you he honors still. 11. Here the shrewd physiognomist Eustines lies. Who could tell all your thoughts by a glance at your eyes? A stranger, with strangers his honored bones rest. They valued sweet song, and he gave them his best. All the honors of death doth the poet possess. If a small one, they mourn for him nevertheless. 12. The presenter Damatiles, Bacchus, exalts. Your tripod, and sweetest of deities, you. He was champion of men, if his boyhood had faults. And he ever loved honor and seemliness too. 13. This statue, stranger, skin with earnest gaze. And home returning, say, I have beheld. Anacreon in Teos, him whose lays. Were all unmatched among our sires of ALD? Say further. Youth and beauty pleased him best. And all the man will fairly stand expressed. 14. Thou hast gone to the grave, and abandoned thy son. Yet a babe, thy own manhood but scarcely begun. Thou art throned among gods, and thy country will take. Thy child to her heart, for his brave father's sake. 15. Prove, traveler, now, that you honor the brave. Above the paltroon, when he's laid in the grave. By murmuring peace to you remedian dead. The turf should lie light on so sacred a head. 16. Aphrodite stands here, she of heavenly birth. Not that base one who's wooed by the children of earth. Tis a goddess, bow down. And one blemishless all. Chrysogone placed her in Amphicles Hall. Chrysogone's heart, as her children, was his. And each year they knew better what happiness is. For, queen, at life's outset they made thee their friend. Religion is policy too in the end. 17. Read these lines to Epicarmus. They are Dorian, as was he. The sire of comedy. Of his proper self-bereaved, Bacchus, unto thee we rear. His brazen image here. We in Syracuse whose sojourn, 
elsewhere born. Thus much we can do for our countrymen, mindful of the debt we owe him, for possessing ample store of legendary lore. Many a wholesome word to pilot youths and maids through life he spake. We honor him for their sake. 18. The babe Medeas to his Thracian nurse. This stone, inscribed to Clyda, reared in the mid-highway. Her modest virtues oft shall men rehearse. Who doubts it? Is not Clyda's worth a proverb to this day? 19. Pause and skin well Archilochus, the bard of elder days. By east and west. Alike's confiest. The mighty lyrist prays. Delian Apollo loved him well, and well the sister choir. His songs were fraught, with subtle thought, and matchless was his lyre. XX. He whom ye gaze on was the first, that in quaint song the deeds rehearsed, of him whose arm was swift to smite, who dared the lion to the fight. That tale, so strange, so manifold, Paysander of Chimiras told. For this good work thou mayst be sure. His country placed him here, in solid brass that shall endure, through many a month and year. 21. Behold Hipponax burial place, a true bard's grave. Approach it not if you're a base, and base-born knave, but if your sires were honest men, and unblamed you. Sit down thereon serenely then, and eke sleep too. Tuneful Hipponax rests him here. Let no base rascal venture near. Ye who rank high in birth and mind, sit down, and sleep, if so inclined. 22. Not my namesake of Chaos, but I who belong, to the Syracuse burghers, have sung you my song. I'm Praxagora's son by Philinna the Fair, and I never asked praise that was owing elsewhere. 